Well, guys, it's been two weeks. Eddie got his rest. He took a nap. He watched some television. He played some RPG board game gimmick Jones. Lynch has been working with his chickens and his dogs and doing his thing. And me, he's been chomping at the bit, man, trying to come back and make the Loki and Jabroni show happen again. Well, here's episode 201 right now. New technology. Bear with us through this first week of getting our feet wet with the new technology. Here we go. Episode 201 now. And wouldn't you know it, we got new graphics on the uh, gimmick over here. Usually the music ends, you hear the the cell door lock. Again, bear with us, guys. Brand new technology going on right here as I'm trying to share this episode to you, the faithful. Welcome back to the Loki and Jabroni Show. My name is Chris Burns. I am the Jabroni, the redneck Adonis right here, the gangster of love and the sultan of swing. Chris Lynch. And the man in the box who has no microphone. Yes, kids, your prayers are answered for this week anyway. <laughs> for this week, as he's testing new technology, I will introduce him. He is Eddie Focus. Woo! All hey, right. Still here, See, you, I like it. So how is everybody, man? I'm good. good. How are you? I'm happy. I'm, I'm back in the saddle again. It's been, uh, I think, Lynch had the right idea. Uh, Lynch. Focus had the right idea. Two weeks off. Uh, Definitely recharged the batteries, got us to uh, definitely a new place. I'm excited. It looks like uh, Eddie's playing with his new – you got to see this gimmick board, guys. If it's you awesome. can see this, it's like Star Wars meets Ace Fraley meets uh, one of those guys in the backstage of a sitcom who can hit the laughter button and all that bullshit. It's fun, man. It's good, and I'm excited to see how this all works out. Still trying to find a fee to share to the peoples, but – Somehow, I think I might have fucked this up. I'm not sure. Anyway, what's on your mind, Chris? Uh, so, Bill Buckner. Oh, yeah. 69 years old. Los Angeles Dodgers, Chicago Cubs, Boston Red, Red Sox. Sox, California Angels, back when they were California. And, of course, yeah. he spent another year in Boston before he retired. Correct. Um, what sucks about this is not only that uh, he died at the age of 69, uh, from the same dementia that befell... Robin Williams before him, but, you know, Bill went out the right way. Right. But he's most remembered for that one moment. 1986 mm-hmm. World Series. October 86, uh, game six, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, versus the Mets mm-hmm. and goodbye ball. Yeah, <laughs> pretty and much. You know, I, he was a great ball player in his day, and I you can't fault him. For that one fumble. No, not at all. He was a great ball player, and I think for that to be his legacy is just bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, You have to look look at the whole and not just the one tiny moment in his career. I mean, they they ran a stat today on uh, one of the sports talk radio shows. Never in Bill Buckner's 22-year career did he ever strike out three times in a game. No. On the day Buckner died, 16 men struck out three times in the game. He was a very good hitter. He had, he had so much knowledge. If his ankles hadn't gave out, the reason they had him out there in that game, that late in the game at game six of the 86 World Series, 
John McNamara, the manager at the time of the Red Sox, said, Bill deserves this. Right. He's been waiting his whole career right. for a World Series opportunity. Now he's here. Let's give it to him. And if you have Dave Stapleton out there, well, Stapleton catches the ball. He steps on the bag. He's a champion regardless. Right. But I get you know that sentimental feeling of let's get Buckner out there. Let's have him have that opportunity to be on field when this happens. And to my knowledge, it's a fantastic thing. From what I know about sports, you always want the, you know, when Charlie Hayes caught the last out of the 96 World Series, I've often said it should have been Wade Boggs yep. on that field in Yankee Stadium. Yep. But it wasn't. He's still a champion nonetheless. And who rode that horse around Yankee Stadium? Wade Boggs. It wasn't Charlie Hayes. It was Wade Boggs. You want that elder statesman to have that feel-good feeling. And when they brought him back after winning in 2007 to throw out the first pitch in 2008, the announcer says, you know, he is welcome back here anytime. Bill Buckner, and he told the press, I didn't have to forgive the fans. I had to forgive the media because they tore him a new ass for years. And hell, as a Yankee fan, I tore him a new ass. For years and years and years. Well, and you it, don't forget something like that. It's inevitable because of what the situation was, and they were so close to winning the series. And that one FUBAR yep. put them, put them like, oh, bye-bye. You, all- <laughs> you know, I mean, you can't say it, say it in any other terms that it killed their chance at winning the series in 86. Well, look at it this way. They were up in that game. I don't blame Bill Buckner. I blame Bob Stanley, who gave up those runs to create the tie ball game that Bill Buckner, as that ball passes between his ankles, Bob Stanley created that, not Bill Buckner. They let two runs go to tie the game, and it wasn't Buckner's fault. Had that been any other play, okay, we move on to the next one, strike three, whatever. You remember who made the last out of the 86 World Series? I'll never forget. I don't. Number 17, second baseman, Marty Barrett. Fuck him. <laughs> I'm not a Red Sox okay. fan by any stretch, <laughs> but I'll never forget him just slapping at the ball like one of the girls I used to coach on softball. Like, I just want to hit this ball. Marty didn't even try. Marty Barrett did not <laughs> even try. So, Red Sox fans, stop putting, pointing your anger at Bill Buckner. Start pointing it at Bob Stanley and Marty fucking Barrett. Yeah, no, the end. It all goes back to coaching. Yeah. And without question. Selection of lineup and selection of who's going to be in in the game at at the time. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. Yeah, really. I never do that. Uh, Aside from the. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Not into the microphone like that. (laughs) Aside from the quote unquote Buckner ball, um, do you have a memory of Bill Buckner that stands out? As we say goodbye to one of baseball's legends, I so it's so far back in the past that it, in in that date that genre in that time I really don't have a specific memory. Mm-hmm. It's a collective memory, okay, of, of how good a ball player he was. I don't have a specific. I can't tell you a specific t- a play that he did that I would be like oh you remember that play when buckner did this mm-hmm. it's more of i remember him for the ball player he was in the collective of what he did mm-hmm. throughout his career sure if i had to pick one it's that <clears throat> throwing out the first pitch it's not even in his playing career 
watching, and I always do, whenever the champions open, I'll watch opening day. They get their rings. Right. They unfurl the flag. And around here, if, if you're not watching the Red Sox unfurl a championship banner, you just don't like baseball. You can be a Yankee fan like me. You just don't like baseball. And to see Bill throw out that pitch in 2008, smiling, wearing his old number six jersey, throwing that perfect strike down the pipe, waving to the fans, 35,000 people just giving him all the love he's deserved for years and years. To me, it, it just basically, that closed the book for him. And it sums up, it sums up his career. And, yeah. And gives a good footnote to what he did during his baseball playing career. Oh, sure. Absolutely. And you'll never hear me particularly say a bad word other than when I'm, well, fucking with Red Sox fans. I'm never going to say a bad word about Bill Buckner. I just think the guy was class. He was hard-nosed. He was everything you want a ball player to be. He had that dad mustache. He was very old school. Oh, yeah. Very tough. He was Mattingly before Mattingly was cool. Yeah, well, you're right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. So Uh, Mattingly was another good ball player. mm Mm-hmm. And I don't think he gets the kudos he deserves. No, and I think Buckner and Manningly deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame at some point. Whether they get, you know, they obviously their uh, what do you call it? Their eligibility is run through. Right now, they have to wait for like the Vets Committee in right. a couple years. Both of them deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. And right now, you guys deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame because, as I said before, we went hot. I got welcome back gimmicks over here. So you, sir. Oh you get a Sierra, Nova- Sierra Nevada Brute oh IPA. Goodness. Thank you. What do I get? Oh, look, a Sierra Nevada Brute IPA. And for the master of ceremonies himself, the only beer I would be willing to buy that he likes. A little whole action right here. Yeah, there you go. And uh, wait, the bat is right here. You can take care of business just like that. Robert All right. Pattinson is opening my beer. Yes. Hey, Steven is on his troll account. He says, hello, this is Steven. What? I'm on my troll account. Billy Buck was great. Loved watching him play. We will miss him dearly. Absolutely. Can't say, uh, can't say it any better. And, you know, Sox fans everywhere. I, I watched, obviously, during the even during the hockey game last night, which we'll talk hockey in just a moment, they had a bit of a little special tribute to Bill Buckner. And it was just, it was delightful to see because you know while the Bruins are chasing down a championship, they took time to remember someone who should have been a champion in Bill Buckner. The city loved him. The city hated him. The city loved him again. He deserves better than what he got. To be completely well, honest. and that—that's just it. I mean, he caught so much shit for so many years about that whole play in '86, mm-hmm. and to a certain certain extent. Deservedly so. Um, But when you look back, it's one play Mm -hmm. in one game. And like Stephen points out on the comments, it was Rich Gedman's passed ball that really did cost the Sox a series. And I think it was Kevin Mitchell who scored on that play. And then the the, uh, Buckner play was Ray Knight. And Mookie Wilson hit it. Ray Knight scored. Yep. Okay. You know, so, I mean. I'm a historian, David. Give the fucking guy a break. I mean. Let him rest on his laurels mm-hmm. and let him be for, remembered for the ball player he was, not the one play. Exactly. And you can say that about any ball player. Sure. Nowadays. I mean, A Rod had his bad days. Fuck A Rod. 
Uh, Fuck A Rod. Uh, I'm just using. I know. I know. I know. A Rod had his bad days. I know what you're doing. Wade Boggs had his bad days. Mm -hmm. Um, Wade Boggs fucked around on his wife in Boston. (laughs) Brought his mistress on the road with him. Mark Mark McGuire, steroid induced or not, had his bad days. Mm -hmm. Um, Canseco had Mm -hmm. his bad days. So you can't lump them into this category where. You know what? Ed's got to try this. You're gonna, it's champagne you're gonna Trust de- me on this one. You're going to define this, this guy's career in one moment. You can't. You just and can't. It's just like actors. You can't define them by one role. It's their entire catalog. Speak. Go healthy or go home, kid. <laughs> I'm waiting. I'm going to pause because uh, Eddie's got a yeah. really weird look on his face right oh, now. He, he might almost enjoy that. He doesn't have a microphone this week. so Drinkable, Drinkable he says. Okay, fine. I enough. can still hear him, though, from over there. That's awesome. I like this new setup. Yeah. I love this new setup, actually. All right. So uh, real quick, uh, if there's any Whaler Kane fans watching, screw off. The Boston Bruins are now in the Stanley Cup Finals. Go Bees! Game one last night, 4-2. to two, Took a 2-0 deficit early in the game. I was not thrilled. Uh, Angela comes out of the room, sees, says, oh, it's a tie score. Are you? She didn't really ask anything. She kind of gave me this look like, how do you feel? I was like, well, we're midway through the second. It's all good, but fuck A-Roid. I'm a Yankee fan. Fuck A-Roid. Never should have got him. First of all, Aaron Boone should not be playing pickup basketball in the offseason and ruining his knee, which opened up the door for freaking A-Rod to come in. We'd have been fine. But no, the boss has to have A-Rod. Yeah, how'd that do? We won championship, uh, a steroid controversy, a one-year suspension. Yeah, that was worth the money. Worth the $250 bazillion that we paid for. Fuck. I, I, it sucks that that's what my money went to. Yeah, well. Not that, I, not that I spent $250 million. But. Not your dime. <laughs> so it is what it is. But I'm enjoying hockey right now immensely. I would be watching the finals not with such great intent as I am right now, but with the Bruins in the finals and now up one to nothing. I initially said Bruins in five. Somebody asked Alexa and filmed it. Alexa, what are you thinking? Who's going to win the Stanley Cup? Alexa says Bruins in five. Alexa's hardly been wrong. When Alexa's asked who's the greatest quarterback of all time, she says Tom Brady. When you ask Alexa who's the greatest American rock band of all time, she will say Kiss. Trust me, she will. And now she's picking the Bruins in five, just like me. So moving on, we're going to have some fun. What does Steven have to say now? Ten yeah, it has been a 10-game layoff. They, they swept the Whaler Canes. Uh, Bruins had some rust, but it seemed to come out okay. Let's keep it up. What what I saw was the first period, they were shaking off that rust. It was terrible to watch. The puck hang, handling was terrible. The skating was terrible. The defense was terrible. Somewhere in the first intermission, uh, Cassidy woke the team up, and you know they come out four unanswered goals to win it 4-2. to two. Next game is tomorrow night, which... If you are a CNJ Speed Review watcher, we will not be on tomorrow night because the hockey game will be on Thursday. So make a note in your playbook. So I know you guys aren't huge into hockey. I know we're going to stop this talk right now because Lynch brought up something we were going to do a week or so ago. We do have a question from the audience. and I forgot to bring it up. First of all, hello to Sean Dorn, wherever you are. Hey, Sean. Sean is a new subscriber on the iTunes gimmick. So, uh, and also to Ben, wherever you are, a new subscriber on the iTunes gimmick. And uh, Swiggy Bear, he drank half my beer at the picnic this weekend, Ben did. 
That rotten cocksucker. Oh, whoa, whoa. But that's whoa. okay. Potty he's, mouth. He's a Potty Bru- mouth. He's a Bruins fan. He's a real good kid. And I was uh, <laughs> 20 something years old. He's a merchant marine. He deserves all the, uh, all the big ups. And he said, Oh, I'm going to go home and, you know, get some beer and watch the hockey game, play some video games. He couldn't get beer because in Connecticut, six o'clock Jones, too bad. No beer for Ben. But I had beer here. I tried to tell him. Tried to tell him. But to Ben and to Sean, welcome aboard the uh, midnight train to nowhere. And we're going to move on. Um, one of the questions that came in on the Facebook, and I'm going to go back to it soon enough. Oh, she didn't like it. You didn't like it? The Namaste White. Oh, I thought she would love it. The Eternal Flame, the Goddess of Love, just gave Eddie a beer. I He's think Eddie will love that. Eddie is looking. He's looking. Oh, he's putting it on the list. Yeah, All right. There you go. We have a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. There you go. Speaking of, never mind. I'm not <laughs> going to go to the chicken room. One of the questions came in from uh, Adam Keeman from South Florida. He asked, uh, what would you think if Five Finger Death Punch covered Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison? I'll let you start. Ooh. Yes. So what was the the big song they covered previously? Well, they covered Bad Company. Bad Company. And they just recently did another one. I can't. It, 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 the name escapes me. Um, I think it would be pretty goddamn good, actually. Yeah, I'm I, not a huge Five Finger Death Punch fan. Whereas like, I am. Um, well, you know. <laughs> but I think. They're going to cover Tupac next. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think they would do a really no good job. Not really. Not, not, no. a, not a heavy band. No. Wouldn't no. it be great if a heavy band decided to take some Tupac and they, shine it up? They did Cool J. Yeah. With uh, Nine. Yep. yep. Um, a no. metal band, I can't remember the name, did <clears throat> Mama Said Knock You Out, did a fantastic job with it. No, I think I think they would. No, it was my favorite one. Was it? Yeah, it was. I have to look it up. Yeah. Definitely have to look I it think, up. I think they would do a really good job with it. I mean, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're talented. It's just not the, the kind of music I gravitate towards mm-hmm. I, I i love metal and metal is one of my favorite genres well it's look i'm gonna look this however up, five finger death punch covers eddie's over there in the he's looking for corner. something what's he doing over there what is he doing blue on black they just did the old kenny blue on Shepherd black. Song. tucson arizona i'm not answering you get nothing unless um somebody tells me it's wisman or somebody like that no i think i think that would be a good good song for them to cover absolutely honestly not going to take anything away from them. No. They're fucking fantastic. Yeah. They're great live. Let's go see if we have anything on Facebook real quick before we go to our top 10 list this week. In fact, we may as well just go because I have nothing here. And we go to the LNJ page where I said, hey, if you have anything to ask, do it on YouTube or on our Facebook page. And it seems as if just Adam. So... Let's move along. Lynch, you had an idea. Why don't you uh, introduce everything, and I'll go back to the YouTube feed. So we were kind of riffing uh, a couple weeks ago, last show, about top 10 uh, sitcoms of your your lifetime, whether it's recent, current, or in the past, classic. And I have my top 10, Mm -hmm. and a lot of them might surprise Chris. Maybe. Not not a whole lot surprises me anymore. But some of Chris's might surprise me. That's true. And if any more questions come in, we'll have Ed uh pull the plug and, and we'll I'd like you questions. again, I'd like you guys to chime in on our suggestions or our opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Be it positive or negative. And um 
Well, one of mine is going to be controversial. I already know it. Two of them oh. I already know is going to be controversial for different reasons. Mine too, probably. All right. So do you have an honorable mention anywhere on your list? Honorable mention? Oh, boy. Do you remember? Oh, God. I can't even remember the name of the show. It was a syndicate show. Don't say I married Dora because that was no, just no, shit. No, no, no. The girl with the, who was a robot. Oh, Small oh, Wonder. Small Wonder. What a great freaking show. Not on the list, but Whoa, yeah. yeah, thank Give you. Give him a thank round you. of applause. And she grew up to be quite good looking, if you don't mind me saying, after she so, got to be of age. So, Tiffany Brissett, you're welcome. That was a show that was like, like typically on the background, in on the background on TV when I was like, collating baseball cards <laughs> you know it's one of it's a it was on fox it was on upn well yeah what all, you, all those channel nine ish stations yeah and who the body jesse yes i did i jesse forgot about that Ventura. yeah wow it was a show that i would put on in the background and just kind of like tune out but every time it was on i felt compelled to watch it, <laughs> it was kind of like me and uh what was it out of this world um the beginning of what's her what's her fuck nicole eggert not nicole eggert or there was a look-alike to nicole eggert there was two chicks that looked like nicole eggert well, there nicole are a lot eggert. of chicks that look like her yeah but it was um the the mother was uh donna pascal from saturday night fever she also had that really shitty sitcom in the 80s called angie there you go yeah. that might be yeah, it yeah. out of this world yeah the father's an alien. She talks to him through a cube, and he's... Oh, my God. You're yeah. going way back, dude. Yeah, that's like late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, but still, you're deep, deep, deep in a catalog. That's there. all I do is deep dive, man. I don't play around <laughs> on the fucking really surface. really fucking deep. I'm like Jaws. I'm Donna Pes- here. All right, Donna Pascal, Donna number Pascal. one. That's really deep. Yes, it is. Because she Saturday has done... <laughs> Saturday That's what I said, Saturday Night Fever. The first thing she was ever in. Yeah. First thing with John. And then she had the John Travolta. Sh- she had the shitty sitcom with Robert Hayes, who was in Airplane, by the way. You're yes. welcome. Yes. yes. Again, deep dive Jones. That's what I do here. Don't call me Shirley. It's the way of the Jones. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> uh, she was also in... Maureen Flanagan. thank you. Wasn't she in the show with three other girls that were waitresses in a oh, bar. Oh, now Christ, with uh, oh, Angelian. Oh, Ange- oh. Yes, Angelian. She I have was- so much love for <laughs> Angelian. <laughs> They're uh, just, uh, there's a lot of heart in that woman. <laughs> yeah, heart. <laughs> heart, ladies and gentlemen, there's heart. Heart in Angelian. Um, she was the bomb back in it the It was 80s. another syndicate show. I that- can't remember. The, the, I can, uh, 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 the girl from Wings was in it, too. The southern chick. Crystal the- Bernard. Thank you. Yes, Crystal Bernard. Look at we're both deep deep you know, dive. We're really today. deep diving right here, right here. But mm. I that show. Uh, God damn, I can't fucking remember what it's called. I'm singing the song in my head. It's coming to me. I am too. It's a living. Yes. Oh. Some uh, days I'm so good, I'm better than me, and that's all I've got to say. I'm not going to go there. Trivia <laughs> champion. I could beat that fucking guy on Jeopardy right now. Is he still on? Yeah. No. Well, he lost. When? Well, no, nobody can. I'm sorry, I, I, I will whip his ass. Oh, on a side note. Yes. Watch the Netflix episode uh, special on the guy who beat The Price is Right. Oh, I've been wanting to watch that. It is amazing. I spent so, so much time watching Serial actually recently. Fuck put, Drew Carey. <laughs> he actually put pen to paper and memorized. This is one from when he was a kid. Go ahead. A spreadsheet from when he was a kid. 
every fucking price of every item from 1984 Holy shit. to 1996. Yeah. And he would go, he was on the show 37 times. Jesus. 37 You'd times. You'd think they'd stop him after a while. No. He, he only got selected twice. Okay. The first time he got every price correctly. Mm-hmm. And they featured him on the show. And when he got featured, Bob Barker like interacted with him and said, "Oh, blah 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 blah. You're you're a smart guy. You know what you're talking about about these prices." And he's just sitting there like, hey, "Tell me, he didn't give himself up. He well, didn't. He didn't tell the story. Please he tell did. me. Well, he on did. Netflix, yes, but not to Bob Barker. No, 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 no. He on on the Price is Right. He played it up. He got a kiss from Holly, who was hot. Hey." Oh, who also filed a sexual harassment lawsuit against, against Bob, Barker. Bob Barker, along with More two others. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Pennington was the worst. She was ugly as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, wow, we're deep diving Jones over here today. He went man. on to went on to talk about how he figured out how to beat the system. Mm, I gotta watch that. I've it's been, amazing. I, I mean, I mean, for a guy who he, I don't even know what he did for a living. I think he, I want to be an electrician for all we know. Like IT or something, okay. or well, if whatever. You got that but kind of smarts run with it, man. He beat the system, and he would every appearance that he didn't get picked for, mm-hmm. he would shout out prices <laughs> and say, "No, no, it's twelve ninety nine for that range set, you douchebag." <laughs> and they would go north or south of that, and they'd lose, of course. So then, it, that's what brought the attention to him. The only thing that could stop him is that fucking wheel. If he's that if he's that good in mapping out prices, the only thing that can stop him is the wheel. That's the only random thing on that show. Yeah. And it's still true to this day because they repeat prize packages mm-hmm. for the grand prize and for yeah. the uh Bob Barker and crew were in. They they knew it. They had to have known. They had to have known. They had to have known. Yeah. When he when he wasn't on the show, he's yeah. like, "Oh, you need to you need to ask him. You need to ask him." <laughs> yeah, because was, the ratings were good because everyone was like, "I want to know." Everyone wanted to know who this guy was, and they finally had him on the show. Right, well, and right. that's it, when it was Bar- Drew Carey and his scumbag crew. Fuck Drew like, Carey! Like, fuck oh, yes. Hey, he's a WWE. He's well, a WWF Hall of Famer. God damn it! Well, and they fired. The, the the that season that Drew Carey took over, they yep. fired all the producers. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. I believe. Yep, whole new crew, whole, whole new regime. Well, let's let's dive into our list. And uh, I, I I remember asking you before all this prices right. That was a fantastic story. I want to watch it. By the way, um, I I know I just said let's get back on track. In four weeks' time, the th- if you are from southeastern Connecticut like we are, you'll remember June twenty fourth, nineteen eighty four. I know why I remembered. I've talked about it on this show before. That was the day. That Connecticut serial killer Michael Ross was apprehended. Correct. Ending a reign of terror, eight women deep. And I'm sure we'll talk about it. Did you have a chance to watch on Amazon Prime? Okay. It's old. It is old. It's been out for a while. Obviously because he was alive when they did it. I thought it was new. This was in like 2002 because he was – look at the timestamp on it. It's possible. I don't know. All I know is – he's in a jumpsuit and they're interviewing him. Yeah. Well, he was alive. That helps. But there's a book called The Monster in the Man. I can't remember her name, but uh, the book is out there on Amazon. I found it on Audible. I'm going to be listening to that. But I, I really, I know for, for us, cathartic just to talk about this, the fear that just enveloped this area. 
back then, it was it was definitely something interesting, something probably we hadn't seen before, and I don't think we've seen since. You can follow the DC <clears throat> sniper case all you want or BTK, but we're looking at it from afar. This was our neighborhood, so it was kind of a. Uh, Kind of scary. So, side note to that. Yeah. That was loud. Uh, side wow. note to that is um, Michael Ross actually tried to sell insurance to my parents. Oh. At our house in my Groton. Was in a building with a computer. Oh. Yeah. She wasn't a Feeding the beast. So, t- Michael Ross stopped by my parents' house on Eastern Point Road in Groton and tried to sell life insurance to them. And my mom and dad, in their infinite wisdom, said, there's something not quite right with this guy. Mm. Your dad's always a good judge of character. He was. And my dad's like, oh, well, thank you, but no thank you. And then this all broke out. Yeah, take your colonial <laughs> pen and fucking beat yeah. it. And just, I was, Jesus Christ, I was, I was like. Probably, that was probably the only thing about it. <laughs> What's that? The, the, the insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, I, you're going to need this policy. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> So I was like 10 years old, maybe nine, 10 years old at the time. And I'm like, no, 84, you'd have been 12 ish, 13. Cause we're early, earlier. It oh, was earlier when, oh, when he was, as when he was actually climbing and yeah. Okay. When he was actually you're, peddling you're right. his uh, life insurance, I was like nine or 10 at the time. We, I moved from Eastern Point Road to Mystic in 84. So it was like 82. So yeah, yeah. I was okay, like yeah, ten years he was old. Caught two years later, eight, ten years. Okay, that makes sense. And it was like the most my math might creepy fucking revelation as a kid to realize that this guy is a serial killer and he was in my house. Yeah. Well, shit like that happens. I, hate I to mean, say it. have you watched the uh, Ted Bundy? Yes, the movie. Yeah. What do you think? Um, good for what it was. I thought it would, they crammed much like, uh, when we talked about Motley Crue, the dirt, they crammed easily a two and a half hour movie into 90 minutes and they could have expanded the story more. They could have given you more. This was kind of like, here's your cliff notes on Ted Bundy. Run with it. Yeah. It's not the movie I expected. Um, it's the movie you got based upon the trailer. I felt that it was going to be more of a, I don't want to say horror movie, but more of a, just more suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it was basically a, the bi- biography of a serial killer. A&E could have done that the same way in an hour. Yeah. Well, it's not really about I'm like halfway through, but it's not really about him, about that relationship. Yeah, it's I'll buy that. Because she wrote the book. And yeah. it's based upon her observation she of being with him. Yeah, right. And it's not yes. about it's not about him. It's about her and how she dealt with the relationship with him going through that during the time frame. And I, I get that. Um, I was just kind of su- surprised about how it came out. What are you doing? Over I'm here? trying to see the new logo. I can't see it. it it's, it looks gorgeous <laughs> from what I can see. <laughs> now we got to get all new fucking t-shirts, which by the way, if you want a local Jabroni show t-shirt with the classic logo, go to cafepress.com forward slash local Jabroni right now. <gasps> yes. And do it anyway. Um, anyway, so give me you got an honorable mention on your list of fantastical. I already did. What Price is Right? No, Small Wonder. Small oh, Wonder. Yeah, fuck Small Wonder. I <laughs> because I'm coming in with good times, man. Good times for oh. me. Um, not quite a top ten sitcom, but funny as hell. The kid, uh, Michael, the little one. I can't remember who played him. Doesn't matter. Uh, and then there was Thelma, of course, JJ. Everybody knows JJ. Dynamite. Jimmy Walker. Uh, John Amos was that was his first 
splash into mainstream to see what he's done since. Always entertaining. Always fun. Yes, yes. This was like his first splash into like more mainstream. There were so many people that were in Roots that didn't go on beyond LeVar Burton and John Amos and things like that. There were probably five people that progressed and the others were just like, well, we got a paycheck. It's all good yeah. now. But uh, he got fired. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, then you got Esther Roll, who is David Ortiz without the beard. <laughs> and uh, she was funny as hell. To this day, I oh still. Oh, God. That's fucking funny. To this day, I still use when they killed off John Amos's character, uh, James Sr. And she's cleaning up, and she got all frustrated. She threw the plate on the ground, and damn, damn, damn! I still use that to this day. Something gets busted, and I can't fucking fix it. Damn, damn, damn! Too good. Good times. Good. You want to throw one in here, or what? You got no microphone, Jones. Say something. Classic Oh, nice. One of the greatest theme songs. Let's get back to that one. Okay. Barney Miller was good. Amazing show. Amazing show. Wow. Nice. I have Crackle. I might have to go back. My dad loved that show. It's on Tubi TV as well, I think. Nice. All those great free streaming services. Go out and get them. All right. So, what's number 10 on your list? Number 10, All in the Family. Hmm. It's a little higher on my list, but it's on there. Not much higher, but it's on there. So did you guys watch the new um, Jimmy Kimmel produced, was it I last saw, week? Last week? I saw the Greatest Hits package on YouTube with um, Woody Harrelson playing Archie. Yeah. Um, pretty decent. It looks I, like they did I a liked fantastic it. job. I liked it. And Jamie Foxx as Sherman Helsley, mm-hmm. holy shit, amazing. Oh, yeah. And he broke character how, through... In in the show, and he's like, "It's fucking live, man." <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was hesitant to watch it. I was it. I expected them to like totally whitewash. Way to go! You know, totally, whitewash, totally whitewash it, and you know, and, and take away some of the the scandalous humor that made it so good. So, but they didn't. It was in there. Yeah. I don't know, because I watched that laughing thing on Netflix. I, was like, uh, I watched that, too, last week. I was like, good God. It's garbage. Uh, it was just a lead-up to Bill Maher giving Trump the finger. That's yeah. Well, I, they didn't edit the script at all. No, they, they used they the original script verbatim. from both episodes, were, like you said, verbatim. And it wasn't whitewashed at all. Um, I think it was a good show. I think it was worthy of... The, the reimagining of it with the cast. I think Woody Harrelson was perfect as Archie Bunker. Marissa Tomei, eh. Lover, lover, hater, eh. eh. It I, is. Yeah, yeah. It is. But the Jamie Foxx as Jefferson mm-hmm. was fucking brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Well, I may I, as well just tell you my number 10 is the Jeffersons. Because it all ties in, and my number nine is all in the family. So let's just kind of breathe it in. Right now, we're thinking on... Thank you. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you, Thank you. Thank thank you. you. Right now, we're thinking on the same level. You've got all in the family at 10. I got the Jeffersons. I got all in the family at nine. Waiting to hear your nine in just a moment. But those shows, one being a spinoff of the other, and then they had another spinoff off all in the family, not Archie's Place. Let's not forget about that. 
push that shit that to was the side. Maud Ma- came I, from All in the Family. On my fucking list, you asshole. Wow. Well, I wasn't picking it. I just mentioned that it was a spinoff. Pardon me for being deep dive. <laughs> like you Maud. knew this coming in. Like I'm not a fan of Maud. She was just too smarmy. It played off better on the Golden Girls when she had Sophia to out-asshole the asshole, which to me was fantastic because I was never a fan of B. Arthur. I think fans of B. Arthur should be shot and dropped from a helicopter screaming in front oh, of their come families. come on. She was amazing. Whatever. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I'm boom. I think he, he mistook rim shot for rim job. I'm not quite <laughs> sure. What's your number nine, kid? Golden Girls. Gold, oh, wow. <laughs> now we're just weaving the fabric a little yeah. too deep. Thank you. Thank you. You over there, the check's in the mail. Thank you very much. Wow. Why, out of all these sitcoms? So it's not necessarily because I love the show. It's because the nostalgia of it with my grandmother. Okay. She loved that fucking show. And then we would watch it every Saturday night. Whether hell or high water. Golden Girls is on. Mm -hmm. Eight o'clock, Saturday night. That was part of my, what I called my journey to Saturday Night Live. Yeah. So I plant myself in my room. Yep. Turn on NBC. Yeah. And just go all the way. You had the sitcoms, like, like Golden Girls and uh, yeah. Amen and all that bullshit. 227, another great one. And the hour long drama. The half hour news, I'd walk out of my bedroom and go back. Yep. Alive! Yep. When it was passable to watch. Oh, I started watching with Eddie Murphy. There you go. When it was passable to watch. And then the 90s. It's hit. gotten better. I haven't seen it in a while. It's gotten really much better. Every now and again, years. I see a skit and I like it, but yeah. eh. like I, I dig every time Justin Timberlake's on with the uh, Liquorville, Omeletteville, Veganville. Come on down to Liquorville. <laughs> oh my god, so fucking well, funny. Well, Alec Baldwin as Trump yes. is brilliant. Yes, awesome. See, I'm, that's why I don't watch. I'm over that. But it's still it's still funny. funny. Well, yeah, it's, it's like you can hear the ice cream man bit by Eddie Murphy a thousand times. It's still fucking funny. They'll do that with Trump, but then for like eight years, I listened to them like the last president. Mm. So I'm like, yeah, well, let's not uh, let's not draw those lines. If we, you know, if we may bring it back down, um, I'm going to go to number eight since we've been weaving in and out with. Yes. I think this is where we're going to break open like a flower. Yeah. I got the George Lopez show at number eight, the sitcom that he did with. Uh, Never watch it. Oh my god! Never so watch it. Good, so hilarious. Really? Yes, I had heard George Lopez's stand up, and when I heard he had a sitcom, I just fell. I watched it once, and I immediately fell in love. It's it's quotable. It's funny. You can you can picture your own life being his life. Although I'm not Tejano, so I can't you know speak to that. But the crazy mom, the wife that you know. Nine times out of ten, she's right. But that tenth time, and he does it in the show. He's like, Angie, I got this. <laughs> and turns out he doesn't got this. The kids are crazy. Uh, the father-in-law is my favorite. The, uh, the the character Angie's father who comes from Cuba, who's always talking about Castro. And George just rolls his eyes. Oh, here come another story about Castro. <laughs> it just, it, it's just I, funny I, I can't relate because I've never seen it. But it, check it out. I'm sure on Crackle or Tubi or something, watch like five random episodes. You'll love it. it it's really, really fun. Moving on. Number eight for Lynch. Family Guys. Nice. Higher up on my list, and we'll get to my thoughts on it, but I want to hear yours. 
So breakout for Michael J. Fox. Mm. Um, Meredith Baxter Bernie was already a fixture in television mm-hmm. at that point, and I it very re- relatable to the eighties. Yeah, you know Michael J. Fox playing the the Republican mm-hmm. of the family, the psycho yuppie from hell, as I put it. Correct, and he he nailed it. And then and you have the ditzy daughter who was all into fashion and Teeny whatnot. Teeny Others. Teeny Others was the uh, sassy little yep. kid that every show needed. And Justine Bateman, who I had a huge, oh, that's what huge I was talking about, the, crush the on, dumbass fashion daughter. Huge crush on when oh. I was a kid. Um, and her brother, Justin Bateman, who is amazing. Jason in, Bateman. Jason Bateman. Amazing in rest of development. Have you seen some of the more recent films he's done? I never and Ozark on top of that. Ozark on Netflix fucking is fucking fantastic. amazing. Highly recommend. Absolutely. Michael C. Gross kind of said it standard. Yeah. You know, well, just, and like, it, one totally complicated. Dad once he cut his fucking hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Nobody well, wants a dad with long hair. Yeah. Well, that was the first. Season. Yeah, I know. <laughs> they, they all had that. WKS, you're the Come one. On. I love that fucking show. We're going to talk about it more as we move on. Number seven. Wow, I had different strokes because, man, on Friday nights at 8 o'clock, shit stopped until... Thank you. Once again, you over there. Thank you. When the... It used to be Saturday nights at 8 o'clock, and then the Dukes of Hazard was on Friday nights at 8, and nobody could compete with the Dukes of Hazard. Then after that was the Incredible Hulk, and nobody could compete with the Incredible Hulk. Once CBS kind of lost that spot, they moved different strokes to Friday night, whole new ballgame. Always watch the show. Love it. Um, and it falls into that Family Ties category where the, the components were awesome, but once you introduce that, that new little kid, which on Family Ties was, uh, what was the name of that little fucking kid? Andy. Yeah. Brian Bonsall, who went on to yep. a great jailhouse career. <laughs> yeah. And on this Probably. case, we had Danny Cooksey, who went on to music and jailhouse career. Yeah. But it seems like all the young kids, I'm sure Cousin Oliver somewhere is smoking crack from the Brady Bunch somewhere in an alley. <laughs> like, I could have been Bobby. <laughs> Fuck Peter. <laughs> I still love Greg. <laughs> you know, what have you. But it was another oh one of those shows God. that they thought, oh, we're losing the element. Let's bring in this cute little kid. And it works for like three episodes and the whole thing goes to fucking hell. But uh, Different Strokes was fun. And it was the first time you saw really an integrated family. You know, the rich white guy and his daughter, the two young African-American kids. They love them the same. They treat them the same. Everything's the same. I want to know to this day... And I know we can't have a different Strokes reunion because Dana Plato's dead, Conrad Bain is dead, uh, Gary Coleman's dead. I want to see the gooch because for fuck's sake, for five, six years that this show ran, all you heard about was Arnold was running from the gooch. Who the fuck is the gooch and why did we never see him? Come on. What they need to do is they need to take the last surviving member, which is uh, Todd Bridges. Todd Bridges. And just have him in that penthouse smoking a cigar, drinking... Next to the gooch! I'm fucking rich, motherfucker! (laughs) I'm rich, bitch! (laughs) I just had to wait for you white motherfuckers to die! No, wait for it, wait for it. Wait, because Charlotte Ray just died. She was the maid. And went on to... Uh, Facts of Life. Facts of Life, yes. He hires the gooch to be his maid. (laughs) And the gooch is there with the fucking feather duster... Oh, Christ. I'm cleaning, bitch. What a great, I'm cleaning. What a great fucking show. Number seven, sir. 
Uh, Mash. Mash. Wow. Okay. Not not on my list, but I can understand. It's iconic. Mm-hmm. Another. Even if you don't like it, you gotta give it up. Another of show course. that my dad watched. Yeah. Religiously, religiously, and um, I re- remember vividly. I nineteen. I'm trying to think of the last episode. Eighty four. No, earlier. It had to be eighty four. No. Get on the Google machine over there. Producer, I'm still looking up Cousin Oliver. I want to say, Are you serious, Robbie <clears throat> Rister? I get, dude, deep Rister. dive Jones right here. All right, hang on. He looks like John Denver with more fat. Yeah, he was the voice of Leonardo in all three Ninja Turtle movies. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. also in some stupid ass uh, uh, Saturday morning show kid video, which I think my brother liked. I the only reason I watched it because it meant a half hour till wrestling came on. So, yeah, Robbie Rister. He's still working, probably. Yeah, fucking yeah, I'm Wendy's. sure he is. I'm, uh, I mean, come on. Of, does a lot of voiceover work. Okay, so now you know Robbie Rister. Um, last, what, 83. The, 83. 83. I was one year off. Thank you, fuck you, bye. Thank you, fuck you, bye. Well, thank you, fuck you, bye. So I remember watching that last episode mm-hmm. of MASH when the chopper took off and radars on the ground. Mm-hmm. With, and, the, with the sandbags spelling yes. out goodbye. Goodbye. And... um the most watched episode of any sitcom. Well, do you call MASH a sitcom or a dramcom? Uh, oh, you know. So no, go, I'm, go I'm back. Gonna go, I'm going to go with him. Go back to the beginning. It was more dramatic. The beginning was more dramatic, but then you, when you it was, can't hold back Alan Alda. You can't hold back Christ. I can't remember his name. Uh, 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 McLean Stevenson was funny as fuck. Uh, the guy who played uh, Colonel Potter, funny as fuck. The guy who played uh, Trapper, funny as fuck. And Jamie Farr. And then came in and Jamie Farr. It started as a drama from a comedy movie that played itself into, I'll call it a drama-com, absolutely. So you you look back at, at the evolution of that show. It mm-hmm. started out as a straight sitcom. It became more of a... Comedy drama war. Yeah. Yeah. And towards the end, when Alan Alda had his hands in the pot, it became more of a drama show and like moral based show. Yes. Because he was a very he's still, he's still alive. He's a moral based person. Yeah. And you can't take that away from him and Except in Murder at sixteen hundred, he can kiss a dick in that movie. <laughs> Fuck him. Whatever. What? He was an asshole in that movie. Well yeah. He's exactly. Supposed he's supposed to be. You know Alan Aldo looks like my dad. I'm just throwing that out there. If you ever see a picture of my dad, take the mustache I know your off. Dad. So if he's take, here right now, be like, wait a minute. Which which birthday? Month and year. Yeah. Exactly. Month and year down on the ground. Bang bang. Down on the ground. Mom. Did you fuck Alvin all the He's doing it again. He's doing it. Well, Mom! Well, once, but it didn't count. <laughs> we know unequivocally that my mom has had sex at least twice. <laughs> That's all. That's your all dad, I'm willing. That's your all dad I'm, and Alan Alda. That's all I'm willing. Oh that's Jesus right. Christ! And I take after Alan Alda. I'm entertaining, and well, ish. and there's my brother. entertaining ish. Why don't you kiss a dick? As I go on to number six, I have, not yours. I have growing pains on the list. Uh, oh, you fucking always loved me. Love me some. Uh, I always loved me some Alan Thick. Was never a fan of Joanna Kearns as the mother. I thought they could have done better. Candace Cameron. Kurt Cameron was fantastic. Tracy Gold was one of my first childhood crushes. 
And then, of course, you had the, another show. Now we go to the third kid who was uh, – I can't remember his name now. Uh, oh, Jeremy. Jeremy something. something. Yes. Um, and then they had to bring in another kid because they thought the factor was gone. And as soon as that happened – but when they brought in Julie McCullough, Playboy Playmate. Why don't you mention who that other kid was? Uh, 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 Christine something or other. Well, that was yeah. like the, the second new kid. Oh, this, oh the daughter. Yeah, the Actually. daughter. They brought in the curly-headed fucking Annie-looking chick. And then Leonardo DiCaprio comes in as it's like a hard the life. Kid. But um, but you know, as the as the thing is rolling on, they bring in you know Julie McCullough, Playmate of the Year. Oh my God, she was so hot. Down Home Jones, she looked so cute. And then the show fucking fizzled because Kirk, Kirk Cameron, Cameron went. You know, look, I'm Christian, but when you go too far, he went whoa. You know, here's where your bread is <laughs> like, buttered. Whoa, <laughs> why don't you just keep playing fucking Mike Seaver? You know, he won't kiss his co-stars in movies unless they're his wife. Really? I heard, I heard that, and he actually, in his contract, stipulated that I will not do this scene unless my wife is the kissing partner. Yikes! I didn't know that. Yeah. Like, if you see him kissing someone in any of his later films, it's usually from a distance. And- Oh, that makes sense because I saw. That's why he stars with his wife in most of his. Yep, I saw Fireproof, and that wasn't his wife playing the uh, Chelsea Noble. Is his wife, by the way? Yes. Oh, I'm going. See, once again, deep deep down, Jones. Put me on Jeopardy right now, baby. What? What was the question? She was on. Yes, she was. She played like the nanny or some something like that. I think she was his girlfriend later. Yeah, girlfriend nanny, same same. Julie McCullough though. Julie fucking McCullough. That's, wow. All right, we're moving off of Growing Pains. Yeah, Go to number she, six, she sir. She does interviews, and, and she's also a stand-up comedian. And Harvard fuck her. She's awesome. Well, good on her. Moving on. So my, my number six? Yes. Seinfeld. Seinfeld, nice. Good job, good job. She's got names. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what is the deal? <laughs> Costanza, go get me one of those calzones. So the most <laughs> you you two just both just did what I what my point. The most quotable stand up show in the fucking world. Oh, I'm Seinfeld. fighting you on that one because if you if I said if I said to you the ice cream man is coming, you're gonna finish the bit. If I say, Mama, gonna make you burger better than McDonald's, th- those are quotable stand up bits that everybody and their mom has heard. I'll buy the Seinfeld bit in the 90s, but it, it doesn't translate to today. I, I disagree, and I, I, I will give you my right. reason why. Go I, ahead. That's why we're here. I watch Seinfeld religiously on TBS. I am sorry to hear that. And every time I watch it, I'll watch the same episode five times and still <laughs> fucking laugh at every Are you joke. talking about his stand-up? Or his show. His show. Oh, I thought you were saying stand-up. No, mm. I saw his stand-up. Because that's, that's what he was saying. Yeah, I thought you said his stand-up was, was the most quotable. Yeah. No, course, no, the, no. Of course the show's quotable. Yeah. The, the, show the, the show's quotable. amazing. The puffy shirt, the ass man. I just saw the ass man episode the well, other day. I don't day. want to be a pirate. I My want, God, you're the ass man. <laughs> I saw that. I was flipping channels the other day. Truth. Complete truth. And it's TBS. Like you said, Seinfeld. Yeah. Middle of the day. And I saw... Ass man, I say I'm watching it, and I've probably seen maybe 15 or 20 Seinfeld episodes over there. A 13 year run, I stopped to watch the Ass Man, and if it had been the Soup Nazi, I'd have stopped and watched that one too. Just amazing. I still my use No bad. Soup for You to this day. No Soup for You. My, my, one year. One year. Is, Out. Uh, the bet. Oh, I love the bet. The bet. I'm out. 
<laughs> Already? <laughs> Already? You never saw that, that? I can't say that I have one. the one with about... bet that they couldn't go without masturbating. Oh, for... Jesus. And yeah. Right within... And it, Let me guess. George time, George popped out. He's like... No, Kramer. No, Kramer. Kramer. Oh, I can see but that. At the same time they make that bet, they discover that Jerry's got a neighbor across the street that scripts in the window. <laughs> and he's like, come on! <laughs> come on! And, and Elaine gets in on it. And at first, they don't want to let her because she's a girl. Yeah. And she's not the last one to lose. She loses like the next day. Wow. Because she went to the gym with John F. Gaines Jr. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, they won't say masturbate. They just keep saying, are you are you keeper of are the you, domain? Are you masturbate? Your own domain. <laughs> and like again, it. that's it's so. Take it from the nineties to this time is mm-hmm. so relatable. Okay, I'll buy it. All right, all right. Um, number five, I have Cheers. You just can't go wrong. I've binge watched uh, that whole run from episode one to the end. I, I found it on Netflix probably about a year and a half ago. And little by little, I've whittled it down. Days off when Angela falls asleep, what have you. Rewatched the entire run. A fantastic show. Just for me, it, it's true what the song says. It's a place where everybody knows your name. The The beauty of that show is when that door flies open and George Went comes in and says, Evening, everybody. And everybody says, Hey, Norm. Norm! And of course, Woody Harrelson in the beginning was uh, Nick Colasanto who played coach and then he passes away and Woody comes in. There's always that one liner. You know, how you feeling today, Mr. Peterson? Uh, it's a dog-eat-dog dog world, world and we're no bone underwear. underwear. <laughs> <laughs> how you feeling today, Mr. Peterson? Poor. Oh, that sucks. Did you lose money? No, I meant poor. Poor the beer. <laughs> Those one-liners were classic. And, of course, Cliff Clavin, the mailman, amazing. You get your look at Fraser Crane. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah who's someone Cliffy, who's never yeah. been in my kitchen? Well, Alex, that uh, be that as it may, that man has never been in my kitchen, and they give him the fucking point. The show was just classic. It was so awesome. Um, the dynamic did not change for Ted Danson when Shelley Long leaves and uh, Kirstie Alley comes in. Alley. I think it did, too. I think it, I think I think it got better with Kirstie did. Alley as well. I never cared for Shelley. But, you know, uh, I will say this. The glue that really held that show together from beginning to end was Rhea Perlman. Just being Absolutely. Carla, and she owned it. Every scene she was in, you were glued to it. You could, you know, look away. You could do this. You can go get, grab yourself a Coca-Cola because we were young when that show was on. Or even now, if I'm watching it, you can go grab a beer if there's like a Frasier and uh, Lilith confrontation. Ugh. But when Carla's on that screen, you pay the fuck attention. And and that's, that's cheers for me, number five. Go ahead, sir. Friends. Oh Christ! Just count me out. I'm gonna go pee. Yeah, come on. I'm how just, how you know can what? you not say I'll, that Friends is a iconic sitcom? I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the Joey and shake my Chandler, and I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Oh and boy! Here I thought this show was going so well. It was. Can it I is. No, I can't. Give that to Lynn. <laughs> Don't do, dude. How can you not say Talk, that? Motherfucker. I am talking. How can you not say that's not an iconic sitcom? Iconic, yes. Good, no. I laugh every time we fucking watch it, though. You're a it's a good fucking show. Come on, man. I'd rather watch uh, Deprecon. Troll 2. 
<laughs> Starring Jennifer Aniston's real nose. Yeah. <laughs> Pre-surgery. <laughs> Boom. No, I, I mean, it, the re, the, the watchability factor is high. And that's what I think to me measures a good sitcom. You can watch every episode over and over again. And it's still going to be as funny as it was the first time. I don't know. See, I like how I met your mother so much better. On the list. <laughs> On the list. And I will say, <laughs> yeah, Eddie. I will say why. Uh, same factor. Rewatchability. You see the evolution of characters. And that's my point on Friends is that you they evolve over time. It's not just a one-note wonder. It's not just, a, oh, Joey's always dumb, or Chandler's always goofy, or... Uh, so did answer me this, then. I'll concede if you answer me this. By the end of the show, does Joey stop being dumb? He gets better. He, he, You're dodging it's the not the, no, okay, no, 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 no. Yeah, see? Oh, no, I'm with him now. No, he, does he stop being dumb? He's still dumb, but he evolves from the person he was in the first episode. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in my two cents on Friends because I had a girlfriend that forced me to watch it. We were together for about a year and a half, so I got to see I don't know what season it was. Fuck, who cares? I hate the show. Sorry, I know it's on your list and you love it. Um, two episodes that stuck out to me. First things first. Um, the whole premise is everybody's fucking everybody else and whatever, and I kind of get it, but I kind of don't, and everybody stays, like, really fucking tight. Yeah, um, that would never happen. Horseshit, horseshit, horseshit. Thank you, Eddie, to start, number one. Uh, number two, they spend a lot of time staring at the fat, naked guy across the way. Uh, another bit of horseshit for you. Guy with his balls hanging out. Yeah, and, um, you know, again... You know, we're all friends on Tuesday nights. You know the door is open. You you come in. You, you come down here to Valhalla Underground. Everybody does their thing. You show up on a random Tuesday. I don't think anybody's busting the door open. But, again, door's always open. Or shit. I, I will mention two episodes that got me to actually think this might have been a good show. Was they're moving that couch. and Pivot! 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 I'm that guy when moving. Yeah. Like okay, I've got the That's geometry past. I've got That's the geometry wife. in she there. Fucking T. Pevet, Pevet, Pevet. Second one, they had like this uh, this Jeopardy contest to switch apartments. I have um, by my ex marriage. Um, <laughs> Chenin Lorbong. No, <laughs> Ms. Chenin Lorbong. <laughs> the first time I met Young Chandler. Back in the day, the first thing I called him was Chenandler, and he looked at me. If looks could kill, I'd have been dead where I sat. And his mother looked and goes, he hates that. I've been doing that for years. <laughs> but for some reason, it was okay by me because I gave him Kevin Harvick T-shirts, and he was happy. And, you know, that's how we bonded over racing. But then every every year on his birthday, I send him a little message. Happy birthday, Ms. Chenandler Bong. And he, he now he's a part of the gimmick. He's uh, doing great. He's a Marine He's a fantastic young man. And, of course, his brother Hazen, I call Purple Hazen. Everybody gets a nickname with me. Have a kid. Go find out. This is how it happens. Chris Joseph will nickname everybody. Isn't that right, Big Squish? I didn't nickname him that, but still love it. No problem, chicken fucker. <laughs> That's him. That's me. Yeah. 
It was. You know, but now, now, now it is. Burns. Now I got to move on from Friends. Oh, Christ. Uh, look, people love Friends. If you love Friends, that's fantastic. This is why we bounce off each other because I might have a show that he hates and he's going to go, what the fuck did you pick that? Probably not, but it's okay. Number four, Perfect Strangers. I loved me the uh, – thank you again. Got to cross that off the list because it's already in mine. Uh, Perfect Strangers that uh, – between Cousin Larry and Balky – just fantastic. Then they brought in the bimbos that worked. Do the dance everything, of joy. Everything. The dance of joy. <laughs> I, it was all, oh, oh my Bronson show. Underrated. Oh yeah. Very underrated. And he was like perfect in Beverly Hills Cop. I was going to say, and I was, I was saving that, but you got me on that one. It was like, Achmel, Achmel. Achmel. I can make you an espresso with a little lemon twist. He's good. <laughs> so so many careers launched by Beverly Hills Cop, the first one, and then he comes back for the shitty third one, which oh, I think God. Bronson Pinchot should have ran screaming into the night. <laughs> Come, Luke, I have fucking gun for you. I, I sell weapons. <laughs> I sell guns Come, now. Come, Luke. You inspire me. But Bronson Pinchot just in the in, – the first time I saw him, I think it was the Arsenio Hall show where, you know – I always thought it was like the Andy Kaufman bit um, where he's going to play the role all the way through. I didn't know Bronson Pinchot was just like this regular fucking dude. And he went on. I was on. shocked to find he didn't really Exactly. Because yeah. so watching... I saw Beverly Hills Cop. Then I saw Perfect Strangers. It's I the same sort of accent, right? But then you see him on Arsenio Hall. It's like, yeah, well, you know, the show's been picked up for another two seasons and everything is great. And here's like 14, 15-year-old Chris like, oh, like, what the fuck? <laughs> but you know what? Just talk about Bronson Pinchot's timing. Did you ever see uh, the Tom Cruise movie? Which one? Uh, the, uh, his class one where he does that dance. Risky business. Risky, Risky business. business. Yep. Bronson Pinchot's in that playing one of his friends. He's, they're talking, tell a story, and he's like, he's like, yeah, he so and so fucked her this day, and then he buffed her after the game Saturday. Tom Cruise is like, fucking buff same thing. Bronson Pinchot's like, did it? Well, <laughs> shit, what do I know? He's like, what'd you think it was? He's like, thought it was something else. Yeah, no. Doesn't answer. Doesn't answer, just goes, I thought it was something else. Just the way he delivers that line is fucking hysterical. There was a joke that he told one time on that show, and it it's not funny, but you laughed your ass off about a, a goat that had bad teeth. And at the end, he, he's telling it in English. He says, oh, it's much funnier if I tell it. And what is the, what is the net? me post? If I tell it in me posting, it makes a lot more sense. At the end of the joke is, you may think I'm ugly, but I'm not. And he starts <laughs> laughing his ass off. And I'm laughing my ass off. And the whole room, my parents, my brother, we're laughing our ass off. The joke doesn't make any goddamn sense. But you're laughing. And that's what he brought to that show. And uh, Cousin Larry couldn't remember who played him to save my life. Yes. Oh, oh. Mark something Mark, or other. Mark Lynn Baker. Mark Lynn Baker. Look at this. Yep. Deep, oh, dive, wow. deep dive focus deep over in the corner. Um the chemistry was right. The show was right. It made so much sense. And when when it finally ended, you didn't want it to end. Well, great comedy. You have, you have a funny guy. Front the you have the straight you man. Have the straight man. Mm -hmm. Play off it. And he did perfect. Mm -hmm. Two of them. And uh, I love the fact that when they brought the bimbos in, and I call them bimbos because they were flight attendants. The, the one that Balky was with. She was dumber than a box of shit. But the smart one went with Larry. It's just funny how the sisters end up with the cousins and everything. It, it was just so good. You, you can't 
look at this show. And it, again, if you can find it on a Crackle or a Tubi or somewhere, watch oh, you some Perfect Strangers. Hulu. Okay, Hulu, Hulu Jones. And you can get your fire stick right now through www.lokinjabroni.com forward slash Amazon. Or just go to our affiliates, order Amazon. Amazon links all over that. Page, yeah, so. we're Amazon Jones. That's what we are. Order up that bitch. Right. Send us some money. Amazon will kick back a little to the show. You get no hidden fees. You get no extra charges. Amazon helps us out. They just want to know that you heard it here first. What do you got? Well, while you're uh, visiting the executive walkthrough. I was, I was taking a Joey and shaking my Chandler. <laughs> yes. So Thank you. <laughs> yeah. How I met How I Met Your Mother. Fantastic show. I haven't watched a whole Not lot the of best it. Ending, but still a good show. The ending kind of disappointed me, but not disappointed. I I was sad and I was conflicted about how the whole thing ended. So you spend what nine seasons telling the story, mm-hmm. and it ends on such a down note. I, I I didn't know there was an ending. I thought that show still existed. My no. my apologies. No. Okay. Well, again. So spoiler. I am not episodic television guy. Spoiler alert. anymore. The oh, mother. Back. I got you back. The mother. Season three is coming, bro. I know. We're gonna talk about that in just a few minutes because this motherfucker is gonna deliver. So go ahead. The, keep the, keep looking away. Tell the I'm, people what. Tell the people what we're talking about. All right. So spoiler alert on how how. How I Met Your Mother. He's avoiding. Was that (laughs) the mother died Mm. at the end. And like. The mother wasn't Robin. Right. And the the, the whole buildup of the Robin and Barney and Ted arc ended on such a down note that the mother died. And granted, it was a beautiful story to tell. But for a sitcom, it kind of ended on a really, really, really sour and, note. And, mm-hmm. and for them to like finally, they don't, well, they don't ever really get together. Just kind of look at each other. For right. And kind of like that, it's like, all right, yeah, we get it. They're finally going to stop being stupid and get together, but still. But still, all the all the drama they went through for the, all the season nine seasons that the show was in air. Uh, I I mean, I mean, how can you? And Bob Saget doesn't sound any. No, it, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Bob Saget sounds like Bob Saget, and Bob Saget is a dirty motherfucker in his stand-up. Yes, stand-up yes, show. he is. And I highly recommend Netflix Bob Saget on Netflix and search it. And it's a great fucking special. Great the, the special. The song he does, uh, the boy band. Oh my god! god Kimmy Gibbler. Kimmy Gibbler did what? Got it. Oh, well, Kimmy Gibbler doesn't appear on my list anywhere. Not a big fan of Full House, or I liked Fuller House a little bit. Didn't watch season two. I only watched, yeah. like, the first couple episodes the of the first season. The Just then. wanted to... Now that Becky's going to jail. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, I didn't even get that far. They're going to call it bigger, Big Fuller House. <laughs> yeah. And Becky's in jail. Um, it was great to see Jody Sweeten fill out. Oh, anyway, moving on to number three, I had family ties early on your list. But, oh, my God, yes. I had family ties, and the reason I put it so high on my list was 
they were like it's fucking awesome. Well, yes, number one and number two, they were like the king of the special episodes. Like this week, this special episode, they dealt with addiction. They dealt with Tom death. Hanks drinking vanilla. Yes, out of you the remember, it's vanilla time. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, yes. They dealt with addiction. They dealt with death. They dealt with um, who was it that was popping speed? Uh, was it Alex? Michael J. Fox popping speed. No, was it was it, one um, of the guest stars. What? Oh Christ! No, it was it was Mallory. Mallory, yeah, yeah. yeah. Topping speed to get through the test. Um, and what was the boyfriend's name? Nick. Nick. Hey yo. Yo oh, hey. No, it was yo Alex. Alex. It was Alex. Bob. It was yes. Oh, to get through the testing. Yes. Yes. You're right. Holy shit! Bring back 1986 you know what, memories. You know what's funny? Going back to '86, I remember when you go to these uh, sitcoms with the tests and. Uh, Going back to growing pains, um, having Mike Seaver studying for a test, and he's just looking at the question, and he pulls it away to see if he can get it, and he's making it into a song so he'll remember. And he's holding up the paper, and he goes, Abraham Lincoln was assassinated while he was still alive. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> so that stuck out. And then the, the Family Tides episode where he's just – he, and you see him, he runs through the kitchen, he grabs somebody, like, I gotta go to somebody, I love you. And of course, Michael Gross is like, what the fuck is going on with you? What is up with you, motherfucker? Family Ties was just that show. And it was so awesome. And it, it really did. It, it, being the, you know, Midwestern family from East Bumfuck, Ohio, they were just, they were everybody. You, everybody could relate to Family Ties. Well, it, it, it was a very, um, Relatable show. Yeah. Because it was very um, specific, uh, specific to the time. And, I mean, come on, this was 1980, what, That show ran from 82 to, like, 89. Yeah. and it Had it, a really good run. Seven years. Yeah. And it was... Two TV movies, I think. Yes. yes. They went to France and yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. England. And didn't they tackle Meredith Baxter Burney's real life cancer scare on that show? I think so. Oh, um, you know what else they did? Um, the heart attack episode where the dad, I can't remember his name, not Michael a same life. Yeah, I, that was his gimmick name. That's his real name, but his gimmick name on the show. I he can't was, remember. Uh, Stephen, Stephen Keaton has the heart attack. <clears throat> and, you know, everybody leaves the house. Oh, everything's great. Okay. And then, boom, he falls and somebody comes back to get their keys and they find him on the ground. That was, you know, that's everyday life. Nobody has a heart attack in the mall. No. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. You know, when you have these maladies, they happen when you're alone. Random 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 times. Random time. And in this particular episode, it happened. He was coming down the stairs, and I'll never forget it. He fell down that little two-step entryway alcove gimmick. Right on the ground, somebody came back in. I'll be right out. Keep the car running. Ah, it's my dad. Boom. It opened your eyes to real life situations more than other sitcoms did at the time. He's probably he doing did. speed. That's yeah, probably where that episode came from. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, tap in, tap in. Point, he was like the hardest working man in Hollywood. He was tapping that girl for uh, diet pills, just like he was in the show. Yeah. Come on, hey, you got any more of those diet pills? Come on, come on, I'll take you out. But, uh, they tackled it much better than Saved by the Bell. Yes. I'm so excited. If well, Saved by the Bell is on anybody's list, I'm punching you. I would never, Thanks. never put that Zach on Morris list. is trash. But a, sa- a sad side <laughs> note to that, um, you bring up Michael J. Fox, is that during that time frame is when he first realized he had Parkinson's. Yes. And he hid it for so long 
Uh, he was the, a trooper. He was one of those guys. Sh- what was the show he was on with? Um, talk Radio, talk, Radio oh, Jones. Spin City, Spin Spin City, City. thank you. Uh, my, Phil Hartman, him. Yes. And Heather Thomas? Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> so he hid that for so, so many Charlie, years. Uh, Charlie Sheen took over from Charlie Sheen took over for him. I think, think Miles A. Fox cameoed one time. Mm-hmm. And he, he was hiding his Parkinson's at the time. And he requested that I don't have scenes where I have to use my hands or you film me from chest up. Mm-hmm. And I read an article that was published, I want to say, six, seven years ago about that whole episode of his life. And it's, like, heartbreaking to see the, the guy who's so so talented. Well, he had, he had this swagger, the way he did things. And everyone's mm. like, oh, Michael J. Fox swagger is so cool. Yeah, but, but the swagger to hide his exactly. the swagger was from the Parkinson's. The yeah. way he walked, the way he moved, mm-hmm. the way he acted, the way he... He's, um, he's the modern-day uh, Joe DiMaggio. Joe, uh, not Joe what's DiMaggio. What's the horror movie he was Luke in? Garrick. What's the horror movie? He was in a horror in? movie? Yeah. Um, Family Oh, God. Peter, Peter Jackson directed it. Oh, Jesus. Oh, The Frighteners. Frighteners. During oh, that, my God. I forgot That whole that. time frame, the way he moves is because of his Parkinson's. Yeah. And it breaks my heart to feel that. The, the, here's this guy in his, at the time, late 30s. Mm-hmm. Hiding the fact that he has a health malady that is prohibiting him from being the star he could be. And he he kind of painted himself in the corner with that. Mm-hmm. And it, I I mean, I, it's like if you had had a, I don't know, epilepsy. Okay. And you didn't tell Eddie and I, and you drop, drop on the floor and fucking start twitching like a fish right yeah. now. That's ratings. <laughs> I've but, always told these guys I, I've gone on rants where I say if I have a heart attack right now just keep filming but you get my point I it's, do. It's, it's that you don't hide the fact bring it to the forefront and, yeah. and later then, years he has but then that's, that would have taken over keep it real uh, no and that's my point Eddie is that he, he hit it for so long that it became not a focal point of his career it became a side note. A detriment. A detriment and a side note. And he has, he's the biggest Parkinson's uh, uh, spokesperson that I can think of, that yeah, I know. That new show we had. It was really good. And they canceled it within a season. Yeah. One. Yeah. I mean, that, that was bullshit. I, and only because. I think people felt uncomfortable. Like, I agree. Uh, I'll it, buy it. Especially if you're like, if you. So if you're watching Back to the Future, then you're watching his new show at the same time. It, it destroys your image of Back to the Future. Well, it should. Mm, well, it, it, it destroys your image of Marty McFly, yada, yada, yada. It should show the evolution of a person, not necessarily the char- a character, but a person as an actor right. in his career. And I say that about Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando was a fucking nutball. Yeah. He had his lines painted on a fucking mural across from him or on his hands because he Mm -hmm. would he refused to learn his lines in the moment he wanted to act in the moment not learn his lines and react off the actors that were with him right which i personally i think is brilliant but you ask any actor that worked with him i don't do your job yeah pretty much that's what we ask but but ask any actor that worked with him he came through frustrating as fuck but he came through 
but he came through at the end. He came through and he gave brilliant performances. Mm-hmm. What do you got for number three? Uh, Brady Bunch. Oh, I just, here I am making fun of Robbie Rister or whatever the fuck his name is, cousin Oliver Jones, and you've got Brady Bunch that high on your list. Uh, that was again another staple in my wow. afternoon TV watch time. Channel fifty six. Don't don't fucking fifty six and yeah. thirty eight. Yeah, and then WSBK TV WS- thirty eight WSBK Creed. Creature Double Feature. The home. Of, uh, the 56 was Creature Double Feature. Oh, yeah. 38 was the, uh, whoa, that was the, wrestling. The, the uh, wrestling, but they had the, what they call it, the midday matinee, where, like, they would play the talk shows up till, like, noon, and then from and noon then to four, two movies. Two show, two the movies. Midday matinee, and then the cartoons came on. Yeah. Brady Bunch and all that mess. I want to but, start a stream channel just like one of those. Yeah, right? I would love to do that. Just like, mask All that bullshit, yeah. Just pump it full of shit that we watch as kids and that we enjoy. You know, and the forty somethings like us would be all over that shit like stink. Oh fuck yeah! Oh cripes! Oh my lord! And the reason I picked Brady Bunch is mm-hmm. because again, it's a staple of my childhood. It was a constant in my house. I mm-hmm. come home from school, turn on TV, Brady Bunch is on. It is, yeah. And it only lasted what four seasons? I don't know. I just if know that. that- my daughter, my daughter discovered it on. Actually, not the No, it was it was really really short. Sixty nine to seventy four, maybe five years. I'm yeah, not sure. I would say five seasons. I mean, and Greg had chest hair in the third season. It, it had to be well, a little bit longer. Banging his mom, probably. Well, yeah. well, I know that I've read the book. Growing ha- up, Brady, you can get it on Amazon through Looking. You guys have watched the uh, Brady Bunch movies, right? Oh, I love them. There's there's such a parody the best of scenes. The best scene in the entire. Both five movies. Years. Five, uh, years. five years. Okay. Greg and Marsha. Greg and Marsha. <laughs> when they had, when they were sharing the attic room. Mm-hmm. And they both were like corny for each other. Yeah. That is like the iconic thing. When, when you were a kid at 10, 12 years old, what, how did you look at Marsha? It's just, that's, that's a strange question because I always thought she was uppity. I didn't find her attractive. I thought Christine Taylor as Marsha was more attractive. Oh, in the God, movies. yeah. But uh, Maureen McCormick herself, not so much. But but the, the whole thought of the, the the I always thought there was a dynamic. There. Oh god! Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Even yeah. as a teenager, yeah. you, you daughter, wanted a banger. My, my daughter <laughs> was some years ago, Christine um, McCormick or Maureen McCormick or Christine Taylor. Yeah. It, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. No yeah. no chance. Christine Taylor wins. Uh, hand over tea kettle. Uh, my daughter. I'd give, I'd give Jane a chance. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Eve Plum was a good-looking girl. Uh, she was. Susan Olsen, not so much. Uh, you will always be Cindy. You will never be anything but Cindy. Even Cindy? now, at, 15, Cindy with this. at 59 years old, you are... She sells seashells by, by the, the seashore. seashore. <laughs> Tattletale. All that bullshit. But my, when my daughter found the Brady Bunch on Nickelodeon some years ago, I was still living up in Brooklyn, and she just became obsessed with everything Brady. And I'm like, just don't. Just find something new to obsess about, because it's one of those shows that uh, once you once you watch, you're hooked. It, kind of, yeah. And that brings you back to friends. Once you watch, oh, you're hooked. No. You're hooked. Yeah. I feel invested in that show because I, I grew up in that era. I hope your investment comes up dirty and you're like Enron. You just owe oh, everybody come millions. on, man, come on, horseshit. I can't do it. Come on, who can't not love Courtney? Cox. I hate Courtney Cox, to be honest. All right. How about Lisa Kudrow? 
I'm not a big fan of hers either. I like oh Aniston, though. Oh, my God. You guys are fucking Je- killing love me. love me some Jennifer Aniston. I think... I like Jennifer Aniston, but I like her from Ferris I liked her from Ferris Bueller. Yeah. The, so, TV the TV show. show. Wow. I full And dis- Charlie Schlatter as Ferris Bueller. Full, dis- full disclosure, um, when I was in the Army, I had a girlfriend. I, I was overnight, and then she worked. She would sleep during the day, and she'd have to go to work, and I would sleep. She would always ask me, watch Days of Our Lives and tell me what happened. So I'm trying to keep notes. I got this fucking flow chart. The guy with the lazy eye told the lady from our house, remember our house with Wilford Brimley? Yes. And and the dude with the Diabetes. Really, yes. And the dude with the really <laughs> bad pixie afro. And I'm trying to explain to her what happened. She's like, I have no fucking clue. Three weeks later, I'm like, you know, so John and Marlena did this. And then Victor came in and I found out <laughs> when friends got hot, I found out that Jennifer Aniston is the daughter of the guy who played Victor Kiriakis on Days of Our Lives. So immediately she becomes a favorite of mine. <clears throat> and she eclipses her <clears throat> father. She's just so much better than John Aniston. But John Aniston is a great character actor. Fantastic. And uh, Matthew Perry's father actually showed up in Friends. No kidding. As the... F- he played Joe Perry from Aerosmith. No, he actually played one of Rachel's boyfriend's parents. And... You cannot. You you can definitely tell the. Okay, stop. Now this is going to show that I've collaborate and listen. I've watched a few of those episodes, as I said earlier. Um, Which was the one? Which one of the 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 hooker ladies, uh, Kudrow or Cox, that dated Tom Selleck as part of the show? That would be Courtney Cox. Thank you very much. Okay, so yep. you see, I've had, I have you watched ha- the you show. You have experience. I've made my decision not based on. Just blind hatred. I've watched the show. I, I hate it because I've watched it. Well, that, that, and you know what? That's your opinion. I, I stand I, by I it. I started watching the first season with Amy with the same thing. Same thing oh, God. Said. And I got three episodes. Like, I'm just not. not mm-hmm. Amen. Now we go on to number two. Here comes my two my two controversial picks are two and one. I want to stand behind this show for everything it gave to people. Again, uh, not the special episodes you want, but the special episodes you need. I picked the Cosby show as number two. Um, there's nothing about that show that sucks. Even when they brought in those young characters, even when they changed a little bit of the format around, it was still entertaining, was still funny. Bill Cosby, forget what he's done, if you can. And just focus on the fact that this show was fantastic from start to finish. Yeah, again, focus on on the performer, not his actions. Separate the art from art, the artist. Art from the bullshit and, he and did. There other people at work. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, and, and I'm bringing this up because just the other day I was home alone and I watched. Um, and, and this is where I'm going to give Ed a tip of the hat. I was watching an old WrestleMania, and I watched uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and Chris Benoit in a three way uh, match. And Chris Benoit put on a hell of a performance. And for that one day, I separated the art from the artist. I said, um, okay, I'm just going to watch this unbiased. I'm I'm just going to enjoy the art, which I think now, I think only one station on our cable system, which is called Centric, which is like BET Junior, is playing the Cosby show. So if if you are enjoying the Cosby show, enjoy the art. Separate the artist. Um, We could point to a whole bunch of uh, Phil Spector, you know, enjoy the stuff that he produced. Forget the fact that he shot a woman in the mouth and killed her. 
Um, Amy Winehouse just watched a great documentary about her. Listen to her music and enjoy it and forget the fact that she was just like this raging alcoholic that just could not stop long enough to appreciate what she had. Bill Cosby, kind of a separate story going along the lines of, say, a Harvey Weinstein or a Kevin Spacey or it's what like, have you. Uh, Roman Polanski? Yes. I mean... Yeah, but people are so quick to try to forgive him. Well, actually, actually kind of sick I don't forgive him. But I appreciate his work for what he did. Uh, Rosemary's Baby is probably one of the best horror movies I've ever seen. And it it shocks you. It It's a great piece of work. Mm-hmm. Do I love the guy? Absolutely not. I don't condone what he did. But his work is fantastic. Well, allegedly. Again, no. I don't think it's still been proven. I think he's still. No, he, oh, admit, no. he admitted to it. Oh, did he? Okay. Yeah, he did. Okay, he okay. admitted to it years ago. He left before, yeah, uh, he went to France, I think. Flight Risk Jones. Yeah, he went to France, and he's in a state where you can't be extradited gotcha, for your gotcha, crime. Gotcha, okay. So they're going to have to love it or leave it. It is what it is. They're going to have to send in like SEAL Team Six to I mean, get him like out of there. I think. Think, gr- think about what he went through with the murder of his wife. We'll go back to the whole Manson Sharon Tate. Thing. Yeah, Sharon Tate, pregnant with his first child. And, you know, the, yeah, but it, you're going to go off the deep end, and I'm not excusing what he did, but at the same time, you have to think about the stuff that he went through. Bill Cosby went through none of that. Bill Cosby was drugging and raping chicks for, from what we are alleged to believe. And, yes, he's been convicted, and he's in jail, and he's doing his time since 1974. Now, Polanski, in 69, loses his wife, loses his unborn child. Okay, we get it. We understand you've gone through some tragedy. That doesn't negate the fact that what you did in later years was reprehensible. Right, doesn't doesn't preclude the fact that Correct. you know now, you shouldn't you, rape a could fucking thirteen year old girl. Right? Could you get a lighter sentence because of you know emotional damage that you've gone through? Maybe, but again, I'm not a judge. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not anything. Much like you gun nut motherfuckers out there who I want to sh- reach through this fucking screen and strangle. Gun doesn't kill people, motherfucker. A crazy person with a gun exactly. kills people. Eat shit and live. Thank you very much. I'm Chris Burns, and I'm not in the NRA. <laughs> Eat shit. I'm not Charlton Heston. So I'm uh, I'm crossing Cosby Show off at number two. We're waiting for your number two. I this love Lucy. Better not suck. Oh, ho, ho! nice. I'm going to clap, too. Yes. Yeah, everybody clap. Yeah. Yes. Wow, I didn't dig that deep. I might have had Dick Van Dyke in that place, but wow. All right, so I was. Oh, oh so yeah, Eddie, Eddie was more applause. Yeah. So I, it was a really a teeter totter between I, I love Lucy and Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. So I grew up watching again another show that I watched as a kid in my grandmother's house. I spent a lot of time with, with my grandparents on my father's side, right, and. My grandfather absolutely fucking adored Lucille Ball. Mm, I can see why. Funny as fuck. She was funny. She was beautiful. She was very talented. And my grandmother loved Dick Van Dyke. Again, Mary Tyrell Moore, uh, Dick Van Dyke. She was sexy until she She, died. She was sexy as hell. She was one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. I will say that right now. Um, Without a doubt, I think she was beautiful again till the day she died mm-hmm. even with the work she had done to her she was still a beautiful woman uh talented had a philanthropic um 
just a just she seemed like a generally nice person. Yes. As did Defend Dyke. And as did Lucille Ball. Yes. Towards the end. Um she got a little nutty towards the end. Well, and she had many spin-offs of that show that went on. She had the Lucy show, yeah. she had Lucy and Desi, she mm-hmm. had uh, I remember the sitcom she had in the seventies that was with her and a cast of unknowns at the time. At the time, but they came up to they rose up. Right, they rose to the occasion. It was, just, it was just Lucy at that point, or the Lucy show. The Lucy something. show yeah. and her son, Desi Arnaz Jr. Oh, uh, from the Brady, on the Brady Bunch, remember? Yeah. The Desi Arnaz fucking fan club gimmick. Yep. Let's just throw out your sci-fi fan because the Lucille Ball that Star Trek is still because Why Des- is that? Because I, I, Desi, Desi Lou Studios syndicated Star Trek. No shit. It was Desi Arnaz and Luc- wow. Lucille Ball that stood behind. And this is where you come for education, kids. You come to the local Jabroni show. Tell your friends right now. Because Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz stood behind Gene Roddenberry and said, I will syndicate your show and you're going to use our studio, Desi Lou Studios. Mm-hmm. So if you watch every episode of Star Trek, the original Star Trek, at the end it says Desi Lou incursive. Wow. Do you have a reverb gimmick on there? Like, uh, no? Oh, I was going to do. Space, the final frontier. Ah, damn it! We need a horseshit button. Well, we're giving up the horseshit button. I'm going to have a horseshit gimmick before you guys know it. I'll take the quality over the horseshit. So will I. Fantastic pick. No, Um, but I I mean, again, it's it's an iconic show that I grew up with, and I think that anybody who's listening will agree that if you're if you're old enough, if you're old enough, or if you can. Fire up your YouTube gimmick or your Hulu or your... Or you can go get a fire stick from com. click our affiliates, go to Amazon, buy a fire stick, and watch. if you sign up for Amazon Prime, they have lost episodes. Yes. There are on there. I love that show for so many reasons, and it wasn't... As a kid, I was on the fence about that show because it was, you know, I'm forced to sit and watch it because my parents are watching, my grandparents are watching... Wasn't until Eddie Murphy did the spoof on, you know, in his Delirious. If you again, uh, Netflix, Eddie Murphy Delirious, go watch it. He's talking about how much he loved Ricky Ricardo. It's like, ah, you know, the whole thing. And I'm like, I have a new appreciation. I'm going to go back and watch. Love it. In the mid 90s, when I was uh, not only going to school, but working the radio station and whatnot, Nick at Night held me together. And they and used to show I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy, and then the run was I Love Lucy, Dick Van Dyke, All in the Family. It was an hour block. Two yep. episodes of Lucy, two episodes of Dick Van Dyke, two episodes of uh, All in the Family. Then you had, like, some random bullshittery here and there. I lived off that. And then when you go to, like, the local cable stations at 6 a.m., when you know you should be asleep, but you're not, you watch like the reruns of Family Ties, the Different Strokes, um, Who's the Boss, which fuck Tony Danza, by the way. We'll get into that another time. You you got a sense of why and how. And Green Acres, same thing. Um, not a really okay. I was not a big fan of Green Acres as a kid, but when you become a young adult, you kind of understood why your parents dug the show. I love it. Green Acres is the place for me. Farm living is the life for me. I didn't care for Zsa Zsa, but I loved her sister. 
Darling, I love you, but give me Park Park Avenue screams Eddie Focus. Yeah. (laughs) Ava Gabor. Ava Ava. So much better than Ava Gabor. As far as like entertainment. You know, and and, you know. One of the things I didn't put on my list, but because you mentioned Jaja Gabor, she did a uh, cameo for a half hour episode. Uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, which to this day I cannot stop watching. If it's on TV, I've seen them all. I love them all. Thank you again. All right, so that almost made my list. It almost, almost made my almost list made my too, list. but it's not quite as iconic as the ones I put on here. So uh, about a month ago, I shared the episode, uh, the clip of Oh my God, Fenverine as his father. Mm-hmm. And he's and, hugging Uncle Phil. And, and uh, why does why don't he want? Why me? won't he love me? Why, why doesn't he want? Why me? don't he want me? It fucking kills me to this day. Every every time, time I watch it, I get choked up look, because that's a very relatable circumstance. Look, it, the kid, <laughs> he was literally. Just, oh, I'm, I'm going to go serious on your ass in just his, a second. His father fucking dumped him and just left him on his own at 16 years old, left to his Uncle Phil and. I mean, well, his mom left. Well, yeah, well, yeah, whatever. But his father left him and his mom. Right, and then mom dumped him off. But yeah, whatever. Look, but that fucking scene guts me every time I watch it, and I've watched it. I want to say half a dozen times in the last six months. Oh yeah, and it fucking guts me every time because it, that proves to me Will Smith can fucking act. Oh yeah, he is a good fucking actor. Give him the right piece. Have you seen him in the? Uh, oh God, uh, it was a play. Uh, six degrees of separation. I saw the I saw the movie back in the nineties. Um, fantastic, amazing. He's amazing in that movie, and I I I don't think people give Will Smith credit where credit is due mm-hmm. as how good of an actor uh, he really is. I'm going to break this down like this, and I'm and I don't know. I might be reaching. You had a fantastic relationship with your father. I did. What. What was your, if you could give it a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle, your relationship with your father? It was great. Okay, fair enough. Um, Mine has always been contentious with my father. So when I watch that show, you, you're you pointing at the gimmick chamber. You want me to reach in. You want me to hand you the white can of goodness. And Eddie's probably going to reach over and do the same. No? Okay. So... my My relationship with my dad has always been contentious from the age of about 12 until... What time is it now? Until now. Until ten after eight. Yeah, right. So, um, look, I'm not, I'm not going to shit on the guy. He, I got food on my, on my plate. I got a roof over my head. I got clothes on my back. But I, so I, he obeyed the law. Pretty much. <laughs> he was, a, he was a father. Um, he was my coach for a number of years. But you know, he was always. He, whereas when I was coaching Madison, and her band of young ruffians i would point out two things they did wrong and like eight things they did good i want i want to build confidence i would have to endure that ride home hearing about how shitty i was or or this or that uh how my dreams were not good enough about how i'm just why can't you do just do what i say well you're born to be an individual that scene that you mentioned and when you played it However many weeks ago, you, you put it up on the Facebook, and I responded. I'm like, hits me every time. It's true. To this day, I'm chasing that dragon. It's like I'm a heroin addict, and my dad is the heroin. And until 
until he reaches out. I, I've tried. I've gone above and beyond. I've, I've done my due diligence. I gave him his only blood grandchild. Still not good enough. I, I've, I've, I've reached out. I've tried to talk. Still not good enough. Reached out to his family. Hey, can you kind of ease the – still not good enough. To my – still not good enough. It doesn't matter what I do. You know what? About – what's today? Today is May – quickly. 26. May 26. Uh, last year uh, – 28. 28. Holy last shit. Last year, day after Father's Day. I think the date was the 16th if I'm doing my math right last year. Uh, something broke inside of me. I decided to go to therapy. And in the last year, what I've learned is my therapist has said, don't hang your hat on what someone else thinks. You live your life. You, you be the best you that you can be. If other people can't accept that, fuck them. Not in so many words, but that's, you know, and that goes to personal relationships. That goes to my father. It goes to everything. I don't hang them. I don't hang my hat on that anymore, but I still think about it. And it goes back to that Fresh Prince episode that when it's on TV, I'm in tears. So someday, if Bob ever wants to decide to man up, grab his sack and say, you know what? I don't have many years on this earth left. He's not a young man. I'm not a young man. I'm, 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 you know what happens if you double my age? I'm dead. It's that <laughs> Pretty fucking much. simple. Pretty much. But if you ever want to man up, my phone is right here. Call me, bro. And, and if I, anybody's ballsy enough to share this with you, I welcome the call. We erase everything. Everything. And I, God I can, is my witness. I can say that about my relationship with my mom as well, as you know. Absolutely. And it's it's been the same contentious relationship. You know, nothing's good enough. Nothing's right. Everything I do is wrong. So... It is what it is, and I've I, again through therapy. Mm-hmm. Don't hang your hat where you can't. Don't let people rent space in your head that don't fucking deserve. Well, it. and don't you can't change the things you have no control over. You can only change yourself and be content and be content with the fact that you can mm-hmm. help yourself. Yeah, the people in your life that are fucked up, they're fucked up. And that's the bottom line. Uh, and I say this to everybody out there who who's going through a similar problem. You can only change the things that you can control. Absolutely. Everything out of your control, let let it go. All it's right. not worth not worth harboring, har- harboring right, on. We've beaten the shit out of a horse. I had number two at the Cosby show. What do you got for number two? Uh, God, I love you guys. I really do. Even Eddie. So I didn't write it down. Wow, Eddie gets some love. The crowd loves Eddie. My number two is How I Met Eddie Focus. No. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Rock and roll, motherfucker. Hey, by the way, this week in uh, music history, Ozzy was high 20 years ago. Just letting you know. Oh, go shit. No shit. Really? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? Ten years ago? Really? This day in music history? Ozzy Osbourne was Ozzy fucking Osborne high. Was fucking high. <laughs> oh, my God. What do you got for number it's two? Snorty dance off of a sidewalk. Oh, Jesus Christ. He's, he's going. So uh, it's not as much of a sitcom, but it's. A, we had rules. Um, um, Son of a bitch. I'm throwing this in there as a Don't side note. It. I'm doing it. Guys, if you're listening on audio only and you can't see me punch Lynch, I'm about to punch Lynch. Don't pull a jabroni. 
Wait, when do I change the rules? <laughs> All Never? the fucking time. Oh, what? Oh, the album where you can listen to every track, try to change the rules. When? How? You're like, this album, except for this one track. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, out. <laughs> one time in four years. I'm, my track record's pretty good. That's all we're going to talk about. Is all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's get back to Lynch. Northern Exposure. Okay, I'll buy it. A sitcom. I'll, I will buy it. Not necessarily a sitcom, oh. but a, a comedic I, show. I call for disqualification. Oh, oh fuck you. The referee is throwing the flag. Fuck you. No, Dude. Dude. Let's see what I All right, called. let's see. All right. We're, we're going to go to the Google machine right now. And while you're doing this, there guys. Database. Yes. Well, it's still on the Google machine. Well, it's actually same, same. Doesn't matter. Um, if you want to help out the show in any way, shape, or form with a little bit of money, it's Patreon. P a t r e o n dot com forward slash Loki Brony. Donate on a one time basis, weekly basis, monthly basis. Doesn't matter. It all goes back into production, which is how we have this fantastic board in front of us. Um, the the brand new sound, the brand new cameras, everything that you're experiencing either live on YouTube or on audio only, your donations help. So, and we're going to have an announcement hopefully in the next two weeks about our August live event. And Lynch is coming out to it. I'm I will make sure of it. I will be there. Trust me. All right. So here we go. Dromcom. Dromcom. Same uh, as Mash. Wah, wah, wah. Same I, as- I wouldn't really include Mash, but I just think Mash is good. Oh well. Okay. Um, I don't know. I just Northern exposure. Just- I think it's a very underrated show. Um, well, no, here. I, I, no, I'm still calling for disqualification because it follows a linear storyline. Okay. Well, oh, 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 I buy that. I buy that. Situation comedies are not always, well, sometimes like two parts. Well, how I met your mother? Don't have linear. Yeah, it was oh. a completely linear storyline. No, though, but they were, they, the whole show is them in different situations. You really should have brought a microphone, you fucking moron. You know what? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have one, so. Could have rigged you up. Like- we got Mike's old shitty mic over there. Work. Well, we I don't know why it. you didn't put that in the trash card. I want to leave it there as a reminder of $35 not well spent. <laughs> That's the whole reason it sits there. It's right there. I can see it right yes, there. there it is. Hello, camera. You're right there. Big ass Jones right there. Big ass black I'm dick a, Jones. You know what? I'm not throwing a flag on Northern Exposure because I did watch some of the show and to me it seemed very sitcomish. I don't know a lot about it. I probably watched eight episodes in their four or five year run, however long it <clears> ran. It was like five years. I enjoyed it. I, I'm not throwing the flag on this. I enjoyed all the actors in it. I think it was a very well written show. Um, my my secondary flash uh, pick for that is it's a brand new show on Netflix. Uh, Christina Applegate. Uh, <laughs> who else is in it? Uh, the the cute oh, chick. Linda yes, Linda Cardellini. What the hell's the name of it? Dead to me. Dead to me. Fucking fantastic. Angela got me into that show. That is like my favorite show. Fantastic. I binge watched that for one night, basically all night. You are a lonely motherfucker sometimes, aren't you? I don't sleep. You know me. Yeah, I know. I'm no sleep, Jones. I am. Once I'm asleep, you can't wake me up, Jones. But that show. The way of the Jones. That's, you know what? One day we're going to have an episode about the way of the Jones, how we all live. No time for love, Dr. Jones. Yeah, there you go. See, Dr. Jones. 
No, um, but it's an amazing, amazing show. Look, I can't keep up with all the jokes. You've been using Jones. Keep a up lot. with my fucking Jones, you First motherfucker. Of- Wah, wah. You've been using. Jones I love that new board, already. Eddie. I'm telling That's you, fantastic. that button is going to be used every week from here on forward. I can see it. I'm and telling you. When Mike I'm comes back, you. he's not ready. You should be like, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" All right, um, <laughs> you Northern Exposure. Um, have you said what you've wanted to say? Because we're about to crack number one. We have to have fresh gimmicks. I did. We have to. Okay, hold on. I'm good. I'm good with Northern Exposure. I'm again, just a very well written show. I enjoyed it. Great episodes. Great. Who was the lead? Patrick what? Oh, um, Patrick Gimmick bu- 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 Jones. Bu- uh, I have to look it up. I can't remember off the James Earl Jones. No, not James Earl Jones. Northern Exposure. Yeah. yeah Robert. 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 Okay, Murrow. Thank you. Yeah, and he went on to be in several other sitcoms or dramcoms. He was in the. Was. Bob Backlund. Dennis Haysbert. All right, do your thing. Look it up. Before we go to number one, we want to let you know that next week, by decree of the mayor of Middletown, I will not hit the table because I've been told I cannot do that anymore. John Corbett. John Corbett. Corbett. He's been in a million. He was in Sex in the City. He was been in a million movies. Yep. We're, we're coming back with a new top ten list next week, and this was the brainchild. Will you stop? I can hit it now. I know. From the mayor of Middletown herself, next week we come in with favorite songs by bands that we hate. Oh, I have so many. And we're giving you this this opportunity right now to go to our Facebook page, to go to the Twitter, which is at Loki and Jabroni, (laughs) to go to any of our Facebook pages, uh, Twitter pages, which Lynch does not have one that he knows of. I am at C Burns nineteen. This is at Eddie Jakes. Actually, I do. I at at Strikers McLynch. At Strikers McLynch. Maybe you should at fucking there. access it. I'll have to look. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's there. If you open up a new <laughs> one, tell the people we want we want you guys to chime in too. Favorite songs by bands you hate and give us your content give us your opinion give us your input and we will knock the fuck out of it out of the park pretty much now number one on my list i asked lynch when he said this was going to be the one of our you know this is going to be one of our top tens it says does this show count he says of course it counts Ladies and gentlemen, my favorite, number one, no fucking question, Beavis and Butthead as a sitcom. Drum roll, Thank please. you. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I, I, not a, I wouldn't call it a sitcom. Here but it I would comes. Call- He's hitting a button. Fuck me running. Here it comes. Hit it, Eddie. Go ahead. Please pick hit a it. Button. Pick, pick a button. button. Pick it. Pick it. Pick it. Yellow, green, pick yellow, it. green, yellow, green, yellow, green. Roy G. Biv. Roy G. Biv. Roy G. Biv. Roy G. Biv. Horseshit. <laughs> That's the new horseshit button. Chris. And I'm going to tell you, it, the reason I picked it was because it follows the sitcom. It, it doesn't have a linear storyline. It's always funny. Can you can you honestly tell me you've looked up a you've watched a beef? Shut no, put it fucking put the, down. Put the Google machine the down, Google Eddie, machine and take two not, steps away, please. The other the other day we are uh, in the car and the Eternal Flame and the Goddess of Love said something about I hate Beavis and Butthead, this and that and the other thing. I was like, you know why you hate Beavis and Butthead? Because you never. Right. I, I'm gonna give it to you. Because Wikipedia Thank you. Says- 
Beavis and Butthead is an American adult animated sitcom. Thank you. So, oh, all right. Thank you. Oh. Bye. Yes. Yes, congregation. Yes. I, she says, I hate Beavis and Butthead. There's just nothing. I'm like, you know why you, you know, hate I, Beavis no, and Butthead? Because no. you've never been a 15-year-old zit-riddled male sitting on a couch I was going to say because she's not a fucking male. Not it even not it doesn't even she's matter. She's not a dude. I've known a couple females in my life who dug Beavis and Butthead, but you've never not been Not many. I'm fi- telling you, not many. No, not many at all. But you've never been a fifteen year old zit riddled adolescent male sitting on a couch with your buddies watching rock videos and like and I always pick out Grim Reaper. And uh, for those of you on the Facebook page, and why aren't you on the Facebook page? I will share a Grim Reaper video, and you will see why Beavis and Butthead, or be it Mike Judge, who was the voice of both Beavis and Butthead, fucked with Uh, Grim Reaper. But the stories were like, I could look at these, a, a lot of these stories and go, I was that kid. I not so much, you know, inviting the serial killer into the house and getting a tattoo of a butt with a butt-shaped tattoo right on my butt. There was just so much about that show that I identified with, you know, 10 years earlier when I was a 15-year-old. And to this day... Um, well, even the movie is, is like, oh, fantastic. The movie's, the movie's amazing. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but it's so fucking on point with being a teenager. Mm-hmm. In the time frame that you and I yeah, were, Robert motherfucking yeah, Robert, <laughs> uh, Robert motherfucking sack. Not only that, um, I can't remember her name now. Um, Beverly, fuck, uh, no, it's not Beverly. It's a Cleo. Fuck the old lady on the plane. Who played the old lady on the plane? I, I if I get her name before you do, I'm gonna. It, oh fuck, I can't remember. Very famous actress. There's a V in it somewhere. <laughs> I know I'm oh. reaching here. But Bruce Willis was in that movie. Thanks David for being Letterman. so fucking specific. Demi Moore. Um, uh, Cloris Leachman. I got it. Never mind. There's no yep. V in Cloris Leachman. <laughs> Thank you. Where the fuck did you get a V out of Cloris Leachman? Because she played Beverly on The Facts of Life. Thank you very much. Deep dive Jones in the house. Thank you very much. Now. There's there's a friend of mine who's been on the show before on the Jeff Gordon tribute episode. His name is Chad Hatfield. If we are in the Chad. same, if they, we are in the same room together, he could call my name eight thousand times. I will not respond because I just don't hear my name. But if he said Beavis, I turn around. When I call him, he picks up the phone. Hello, I'm like Beavis. He's like, Hey, <laughs> Beavis, what's going on? We call each other Beavis. It's, I named my fucking dog back in the day. I remember. Beavis. He was Beavis. the best dog ever. Uh, uh, Sheltie. Sheltie. If it were. But just the, the show made that much of an impact on me because it reminded me of my teen years. I had a guy that I was friends with in high school. His name was Mike Keen, who looked like Butthead, which probably <laughs> made me love the poor, show even more. Poor fucking bastard. He, he's, he's grown, he grew out of that look. Thankfully. But, yeah, he, you know, but that show meant so much. It was like me sitting in Mike Keen's living room watching the Hard 30 or the Hard 60 or Headbangers Ball or what have you that MTV would play, and we were – dissecting these videos and basically running them down oh, you mean bit by when bit MTV by bit. actually played music yeah, back videos. In, yeah, back when MTV meant MTV. 
not fucking Twilight then, or fucking right. Fifty Shades of Gay. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, after your number one, we're gonna. I want to open this up to ask us anything. The three of us, if you've ever had a question, let's just do it. Um, your number one, and then we're gonna reach out to Eddie. I'll turn the microphone so they can hear him. So my for number his number one, my number one right now, and I don't know if you guys have ever watched this, is Brooklyn Nine Nine. Ooh, good choice. I think that's one of the uh, Terry Crews on that show is steals the fucking show every episode. He is amazing. He's brilliant. He's funny. Andy Samberg, love him or hate him. I think he's again. Oh, he's fantastic. He's great. Uh, he was one of the best parts of SNL when he was on in his tenure. Um, like a boss. The girl plays Santiago. I can't remember her name off the top of my Santiago. head. Is again just she's beautiful and amazing and funny. Just funny. It's like very irreverent comedy and. Uh, Joe Lotruglia from he was in Superbad. What what character did he play? Uh, he was also in. Oh, he's been in a lot of John Apatow movies. Um, show me what you got. Show me what you got. He was in. Oh, uh, that guy. Okay, yeah. From yeah, yeah. Uh, I Love You, Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy in the gym. Show me what you got. Show me what you got. He was. He's so subtle with his comedy that it, it like makes you. You go back. You hit the TV button. And you're like. I'm going to watch that again because it was really fucking funny. He's awesome. I think it's probably the best sitcom, personally, just my stamp of approval, the best sitcom I've seen in the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. Um, Good call. It was saved by... uh, Who who canceled it? Fox Fox canceled it, it, and then NBC picked it up. Yeah. And... I thought it was the other way around. No, Fox Fox canceled it. And then NBC picked it up. Um, And for a show to get that kind of support, for NBC to pick it back up after Fox canceled it, granted, Fox is is like the number four. um, Mm -hmm. uh, Which is funny because uh, they have a lot of the top-rated shows, but they're still looked at as the number four network. They're looked at like the redheaded stepchild of of the the syndicate. Which Uh, should have changed when they picked up the NFL and a lot of other things. They're a player. They've always been a player, and the problem is with married with children should have changed that. ABC, NBC, CBS looks at Fox as the redheaded stepchild, and they always will because back in the time you bring up married with children. So look at the lineup with in in that day. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, you had Twenty One Drum Street. You had married with children. Mm -hmm. You had trying to think of some others. Cops. You um, had Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, that's further forward. Okay, fair. Um, I'm just I, I, again. My timeline maybe. Was Fox, though, CW. CW was was Buffy. Uh, who had Star fucking Trek Dawson's Creek? The WB. Sorry. Star Trek Next Generation was Fox. Yep. And they always looked at them as the the bastard child of television. Basically, and Rupert Murdoch, love him, love him, hate him, love him. He he set a new standard for television. He raise the bar for other the other three networks to all right i'm gonna put this show out you better fucking raise to the occasion because you know what you motherfuckers can't get to the quality i'm putting out was fox the home of 90210 and melrose place yes okay so that's to me 
you know, yes, 21 Jump Street and all that mess, but uh, 90210 and, and Melrose Place should have catapulted Fox to where the other network said, this is a player. We need to watch out for them. But the problem being... They still played safe. But the problem being was that the shows that... The the the, the brands they had before that, 90210 and, and Melrose Place were much further on in the game. That was okay. early 90s, 91, 92, 93. Sure. The early players were uh, Married Children, Jump Street, um, Cops, which was a phenomenon and still is. It's it's on uh, what well, used to be Spike. It's now whatever. The Paramount, Network. Paramount Network. Paramount um, Network. You had The Adventures of Beans Baxter. Who? You don't remember that show? No. Again, another. I might, I might have been getting late at that point. Uh, Jennifer Aniston was on that show yeah, at one point. Fucking. Whatever, but you, you they raised the they raised the bar, and the other three networks fucking knocked the bar down. Okay, every fucking time they tried to they tried to replicate what Fox was doing, and they just couldn't get it. They okay. didn't get it. They didn't understand what they were trying to do, and they dominated their little space, their tiny little space they had. They're 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 part of the 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 nation, and their ratings. They were dominating. Okay, in their in their age bracket, nobody else was raising to an occasion, and then they tried to imitate them with other shows. Dawson's Creek forever. WB. Uh, fuck Dawson's Creek. Well, now I can't shitting me. I can't say that because my so Megan. Here we go. No, listen. Do you remember Kerr Smith from that show? Yes, he played Jack. Oh my God! I'm exposing myself. So Kerr Smith went. To, I mean, <laughs> Kerr Smith graduated with my brother-in-law. No shit. Yep. So there's another guy you could get on the fucking show. I would fucking that. Final Destination, dude. Do you want to tell the people why I keep giving you shit about getting a guest on the show with the release date of Stranger Things coming up? When Eddie? Uh, late, uh, later. Later this year. August. August. It's been confirmed for August. Stranger Things three. Gaten Matarazzo, who I've known since he was probably three or four, yeah, um, is the son of my wife's best friend's sister. And I will definitely, definitely, definitely make an effort to reach out to them before the. We got to get them before the fucking drop date. Even if we get them after the drop date, it would be awesome. If we got them. Tomorrow, I would kill every... I wouldn't watch the Bruins tomorrow night <laughs> if we could convene here and have Gaten Matarazzo. Don't even say it. Why? What? He's spoilers. a... We're not looking for spoilers. No, we, we just, just, want, to want, to we just to want to talk to the guy. Yeah, but we're not going to ask him shit. Be yeah, like... Netflix owns him right now. Not true. Netflix may own him. He doesn't belong to his parents anymore. That's over. Oh, no. I talk to Heather. <laughs> I talk to his mother, Heather, all the time. He, he definitely her property. Heather, if you're listening, <laughs> tell Gaten... Come on the show. Just, it'll be awesome. We all love Stranger Things. It, in fact, it was Eddie that turned Angela and I into Stranger Things. Binge watched the first season, second season, binge watched that. Just recently, we went through season one and season two in preparation for season three. So we are real fans here on the Loki and Jamarni Show. I, I got to confess, season two left me a little wanting. A little bit. It, it was we- the, television. Let me ask you a question. As long the, as we're on season the two was a little weird at the end. Yeah. No, I thought the end was great. I thought the uh, beginning was kind of fucking fugazi. 
Yeah, because yeah. she's there in Pittsburgh with the uh, it was the a other chick, and slow burn. she's number eight, and she's number eleven, and we're sisters, and now we're gonna do this. And then she goes back to can't remember the name of the town. Fuck me, running Hannaford. Yeah, yeah. It. dresses up as Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, and. You know, once she got back into town, H- Hanksburg, fucking Indiana Jones, and once she gets back into town, everything picked up steam and it went full bore. Much, and I'll say this, because you and I have done the two 13 Reasons Why seasons as a, as a bonus episode. That gets you from the beginning and the train just keeps rolling at 200 miles an hour till the end. Season two of Stranger Things had the slow burn, and then once she comes back into town, that's when you hit 200 miles an hour and everything. Oh, exactly. So, and then when they get to the end where, you know, uh, Dustin, who's Gaten Matarazzo's character, is full on Steve Hare. <laughs> and, oh, God, I want him to do that on the show. It's, <laughs> and he goes in, he's macking, the chicks don't want him, but uh, uh, hooker face that slept with everybody comes in and says, dance with me. And all the chicks are like, hey, look at him. He's the, I know. Well, all it takes is that one. Hey, now. Uh, Steve's ex-girlfriend, whatever. It, the whole thing made sense at the end. But, man, those first three episodes were tough to get through. They were. They really I, and, were. and I'm not going to deny that. As much of a fan of the show I am, it was really tough to get through. But the payoff. Well, that's not Gaten's problem. That's the writers and the producers. The payoff was fucking amazing. Real quick around the table. If you have one question you've always wanted to ask out loud, keep it clean, Eddie. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite sitcom of all Go time? Go, Eddie. Family guy. Family Guy, okay. I'll I, will, I will stand the behind that every fucking day. Every day. I, I still sit there and I'm getting bored of that. I want to rock and roll, roll all, all night, night and have and a have really a good, good time. I have heard and most of the day. About a popular word called the bird. Um, bird, 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 bird. The bird is a word. Peter Chris. Even Peter Chris doesn't want to be Peter Chris. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Three Sides of the Coin because... Uh, they're the best kiss podcast out there. Yes. Give it up for three sides of the coin. All right. Bird, um, bird, bird. Bird is a word. Even not not so much a personal question, but a question you've always wanted answered by somebody else. Just uh, I'll start with, we'll go Lynch, Eddie, me. Go. Oh, what, what are we doing here? Any question. We, it was ask us anything, but not everybody responded. We did the uh, – sitcoms and uh if there's a question you've always wanted answered by somebody else that you were afraid to ask or just never asked what is it that's a tough that's a tough thing to pose and that's why i'm here oh i hello. put the tough shit hello. on the table don't tell bob um make me crack a new gimmick <laughs> don't make me crack you in the don't head don't make me crack a um, new gimmick if a girl sticks a finger up your ass, how long before you wipe it away? Two seconds, and then that's it. Oh. Three seconds. It's a three-second rule. Is it? Yeah. I've always said Always two. three seconds. Wait, I've always wait, said. wait, don't. Stop. <laughs> don't stop. <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. Well, these guys are uh, um, figuring out their anyway, question. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Oh, I really one. have a hard time coming up with the question. Okay. I mean, I mean, 
what the fuck would people want to know from okay, me? Let me let me ask you this because this has been on my mind. I've been arguing with a friend of mine. Took him off my Facebook. I'm sure he's still a part of Logan Jabarni World and whatever. I just can't deal with his liberal bullshit. And when I say liberal, I mean uber fucking liberal. Super right. Mine's a two part question. First part of the question regards abortion. Okay. When? Okay, no. Now it's going to be a three part question. Two part about abortion. One part about the other thing. Um, if a, if somebody kills a woman who's pregnant for five months, it's considered a double homicide. If a woman aborts a baby at five months, it's considered okay. Why, in your opinion? If you think it's okay, is that okay? Is it really though? I mean, uh, that's what I'm asking I, you. I mean, we're, we're we, woo, you fucking floored me. You're with that damn question. right. I come with the hard shit. I mean that that's a really. Tough I'm going to move this over here so Ed can answer and everybody can hear. Oh wow! Boom so Jones. that that's a really tough question, Chris. I mean, and it's a very well thought out process, but I mean. So if I murder a girl who's five or six months pregnant, double homicide. Double homicide. If I abort at five months, it's okay. I mean, the eyes of the law, unfortunately, rule it okay. Do I personally feel it's okay? Depends on the circumstances. I'm all with this particular topic. I'm a circumstantial type of person. If I were raped, if I were forced into having sex with somebody that I didn't want to have sex with, and it was at the fifth month and I didn't want to have this rapist baby. All right. So I may, may make the choice to end the, end end that term. Because I don't have a microphone in front of me. I'm doing this. Yes, he is. He is. All right. So, I mean, but to at that point, do you consider the mother a murderer, or do you? Yes. Uh... Heartbeat begins at four weeks. Heartbeat indicates life. And I, I will not disagree with that all day long. Um, it, it, it's, it's a very, very touchy situation, very tough, touchy topic. I don't want to get too deep into it right now because it's this is more of a topic that you and I could t- talk to face to face, but I will say that, yes, if, if somebody who is raped and had a, or a had, product of incest or a product of incest or whatever malfeasance happened before the um, pregnancy, if, if you, you got to do what you got to do. Why are you giving the middle finger? I'm giving, I'm giving the liberal fuck cards. The middle finger, Eddie. Your turn. No, oh, no. He can I can I borrow yeah, this? Take it. Okay. First of all, horseshit. You're shaking your head like I'm offending somebody. I don't give a shit who I offend. The name on the top of the show is mine. Yes, you are the producer. Yes, your name is a part of this. But at the end of the day, if I have to take every libtard out in my yard and smack fucking sense into them, that's where my second question is going to go. I'm going to do it. Do you know why? Because I feel a need in this age, this age and day, this 
fucking participation trophy. Everybody has a right to use whatever bathroom they want. Bullshit. And I'm going to do it. Now, Eddie, same question. I don't think abortion should be illegal. So if you're just some hood rat that goes out and wants to ride bareback at a club, the father's rights don't matter because she can't get pregnant on her own. So there are two people that have created that entity. If you will call it an entity, two people created that. Why does one person get the ultimate right? Go. That has nothing to do with my reason for it. So if you want me to say something should be illegal, I, I look at like three things. What, what is the purpose of making it illegal? Right. Well, how is it going to be enforced? And am I willing to kill somebody for it? So if I kill you, it's wrong. But if I killed you 41 years ago, that would be okay. I'm not saying it's okay. I'm not arguing the morality of it. I'm telling you this is my criteria for making something illegal. What's the purpose? How is it going to be enforced? And am I willing to kill somebody for it? So it's illegal to sell untaxed cigarettes. Are you willing to kill somebody for that? No. no. Eric Garner's dead. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And, and we've, we've gone over yeah. that on the yeah. show. So if you're going to ask me, do I think abortion should be legal? Okay, here's a scenario. An abortion is being performed. You have a doctor. You have a nurse. You have the woman sitting on a gurney. The police come in. Hey, let me finish. The police come in guns blazing. Who do they shoot? The doc. They'll shoot everybody in the room and say, yay, I stopped an abortion. Did the father have a choice in the matter? No. What, problem. Big what, fucking problem. What's he going to do? Uh, well, it goes back to my point with, um, goes back to my point with if it's a, a product of rape or incest, what, why would you give the father an option? Because it's, but, for, it was forced upon the female. I've not been this close to Lynch in a long time. So I'm going to do this. I knew it was going to happen. What's up, baby? If you're just out there being hood rat Jones, you find a guy. You like the guy. You go home with the guy. You have sex with the guy. A couple weeks later, you're late. You find out you're pregnant. That guy now has an obligation to have a choice either to take care of said child or if the woman says, I'd like to have an abortion, and the man says, okay, mm -hmm. do what you got to do. Do not. I understand my body, my choice, and all that crazy. That doesn't even factor exactly. into my thought. To me, it takes two. It takes a sperm and an egg to make a child. So whoever delivered the sperm has 50% of the, in my opinion, the legal right to determine whether or not that pregnancy is terminated. That's the last I will say on it until my sec the second part of my question. My, my thing is also, and this has been a real scenario, so a kid was you know, statutory raped by a teacher who ended up having a child they never know, knew about like 20 or, so, 20 or so years later, whatever it was, not 20, obviously it's too much, but five years down the line, he's a legal adult and he's working. All of a sudden the state's coming after him for child support. He wasn't figured in. Right. But then, there, and he said, well, I, it was statutory rape. She went to jail for it. They're saying it doesn't matter. So again, but that's the law. So now they're 
the, they can use any level of force up to and including killing that guy to get child support. Well, and you're you're looking at so, the southern states now that are trying to repeal the uh, Roe Ro v. Wade. The, okay, back up. There's no repealing Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade's not a law. Okay. It's a decision. So they're trying to overturn Roe v. Wade. Well, here, here's the thing with that. You know, the states are under no obligation to do anything the Supreme Court says. No, because it's state-by-state state jurisdiction. And that's anything the Supreme because what Supreme Court hands down. If the, if the federal government says, well, you have to listen, and the state goes, no, what are they going to do? We went through this four fucking years ago with Obama yeah. on certain terms. Uh, I, I can't re- recall what, but we went through the same fucking thing with them because the Supreme Court said this. The state said, fuck you. And the same thing happened with Trump. Gay marriage. Gay marriage. And the same thing happened with that. This, this Nobody here. Okay, see, nobody here is against gay marriage. You want to you, you marry who you want. Let's be honest. Thank you. I think I, I think we've uh, until the next question. We're gonna excuse Eddie. Um, nobody here is against gay marriage. You love who you love. You marry who you marry. Nobody cares, especially not us. If you're happy, guess what? You're happy. I'm happy for I you. I know a lot of gay couples, whether it's on the male side or the female side, you want to get married, have fucking fun. Whatever makes your life put a big smile on your face, none of us here at the Logan Jabroni Show want to say otherwise. You live your life. It's a libertarian, right? You live your life, I'll live mine. Don't infringe upon my individual liberty. Exactly. Exactly. Don't tread don't, on me. Don't tread on me and don't enforce your, in your my, edict. In my opinion, what people, and I'm saying male and female, mostly the fucking libtards are forgetting, is that to make a child, it takes a male and a female, a sperm and an egg, to interact that person, who that male, who shoots the sperm into the egg now has 50% of the choice. Don't give me this my body, my choice bullshit. You went out, if you're, look, if you're in a relationship and you had sex and then three weeks later the relationship is over and whatever, that man still has a choice. If you're raped, if you're a product, if there, if you were involved in incest, if you were involved in anything that was other than a consensual relationship at the moment of conception, yes, that counts. But if you went out, Hood Rat Jones, and said, hey, Lynch, you're looking pretty good. Why don't we go back to my place and uh, throw it down bareback? And all of a sudden, three weeks later, you're late. Guess what? Fuck you. That person... That male has a responsibility and has 50% of the choice. Thank you, fuck you, bye. Next question. Um, we're going to take this little pouch right here. Not that it would kill anybody, but uh, this is a pouch. Let's pretend this is, say, a, uh, I don't know, an AR-15. And I leave it on the table. And I leave that on the table for the next 48 hours. Nothing happens. Do guns kill people? Or do crazy motherfuckers with guns kill people, starting with Lynch? It's me who picks this AR-15 up and makes the conscious decision to go out and harm people or whether whatever my psychosis is at the moment. Take this AR-15 
mm-hmm. and hurt people. Yes. The gun, does the gun kill anybody? It uh, it does, but it's not because it can't do anything without the in, operator. In inanimate object, I can fuck my truck. Yes. I can, do we ban your truck? Do I ban my Chevy, Chevy Silverado because I maybe hit a person on the way here or on the way home or sometime in my life? No. Banking AR-15s or any weapon of any choice, take your pick. It's the guy behind the trigger. It's not me, not not the gun, it's me. As a responsible as a responsible gun owner in the past, I know I haven't killed anybody. I've gone out hunting, I've shot targets, I've shot deer, I've shot I've been shooting guns since I was 10 years old. I mean, you can't tell me that that the whole gun it goes, it goes it, it, the I, whole gun argument drives me fucking crazy, Chris, and I think you know this. I know. Because I I feel the same way you do. It's not the gun, it's the person. Mm-hmm. It's the motive behind the person who wants to do harm. We've had so many shootings in the last fucking ten, last decade. You can go uh, back it, 20 years to Columbine. I can So the sad part of the matter is I can hold up two hands and I can't count enough on two hands how many fucking mass shootings we've had in two fucking decades. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened. It, it has not been like that before. And the problem is, whether you criminalize... Ed's got a point. I want to pass this over. Sorry about the... uh, No problem. Uh, Shootings in this country, on a whole, are actually down from what they've been. Mass shootings rate has never really changed. What it is, it's the access to information. It's a 24-hour news cycle. cycle. All right, so I would stand corrected on that. The number one... The number one type of shooting in this country is suicide. Yep. Well, that's With all, handguns, not AR-15. Well, that's you, always going to be the case. Before you give that back, let me lean over. Does the gun kill people or does the asshole behind the gun kill people? Oh, they sure make it easy, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> oh, you should, should see the look on his face. Let me ask you a question. You've been working with me now four plus years. Are you dead? Just inside. Well, that just on the inside, Chris. Just on the inside. That's a personal thing, and I'm sorry for your loss. However, between between classic between bats from my stepdaughter upstairs with softball bats, between knives, uh, my car, everything else, we've driven together. Are you dead? Not last time I checked. Operator. Malfunction. If you're a crazy person with a gun, you're going to kill people. If you're a sane person with a gun, you stand a chance. Well, it, well, and I can poke holes in that argument as well. Is that even no, you can't. No, no, you can't. no, no, no. I can. Go ahead. Because every sane person has that moment of weakness where they fucking break. Sure, but and do you break to the point where you, again, that goes back to the whole mental illness thing. You, but, Did you break so many? You know how many times but you in can, your life, in my life, or in anybody's life where you're like, fuck, I want to kill this person, whether it's your spouse, your brother, your sister, your cousin, your uncle, and you say, fuck. The three of us do here. Do you do it? No, the three of three of us in here have the wherewithal and the forethought to think it out and not do it. Oh, trust me. There was a time, however, episode seven or eight, that I wanted to kill However, somebody, comma, but Chris, to here. steal your fucking line, Thank however, you, comma. my gimmick. 
there's that one sane person who's licensed, approved, and able to carry a weapon that has that moment of weakness. I'm going to go ahead. And it happens. It fucking happens. Uh, uh, They say murder is a crime of passion. And I should Michael Ross, but well, no, that's way, way, way on the left. But murder is a crime of passion. And the passion behind it is because you feel so slighted, hard, uh, like hard hit and just emotionally devastated that you make that snap decision in that moment to end somebody else's life because you feel so passionate about what, where you stand. That's a sane person's decision. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. Correct. A sane person looks at that same scenario and says, eh, fuck it. But at that one moment, that one critical moment when they are just, they're, they're broken, they're hard, they're, they're down on their luck, they're fucking whatever, whatever the case may be. Unfortunately, it happens and it happens with a person behind the, the finger behind mm-hmm. the trigger is a licensed gun holder. Okay. It does happen. You can't, you can't deny that. It, it's happened in the past, and it's, it's going to happen again. What I want to point out is just because if all these crazy people, and I'm calling them crazy, want are. to repeal the Second Amendment, want to stop law-abiding people like me, like you, like Eddie, if we so choose to own weapons, we can't do it anymore. If you outlaw guns... Only outlaws will have guns. How is the war on drugs working does, right now? Well, How did prohibition work? It doesn't matter whether you you, you tighten down the, the gun laws because criminals still have access to guns. Exactly. And if I know a criminal who has a gun, I can pay him. I can get one. Instead of $300 for a fucking twenty-two, is, is I can pay her- 600 Is heroin illegal? Absolutely. Could you go find heroin tomorrow? I could go right down right now to Jewett City and find you a fucking street corner Bingo. in G- Jewett City where you can get the heroin. The war on drugs is a joke no matter how much As the is the war on guns. Tars. Exactly. As is the war on guns because the war on guns is not they, – they're targeting the wrong fucking avenue on the war mm-hmm. on guns. The war on guns is – I'm all about the – It's a the, knee-jerk the, reaction. It, I'm all about the background check. Do the background check. Mm-hmm. Do Due diligence. Yes. The fucking problem is... Two of my favorite you, words, due diligence. You could look great on paper and still be a fucking shitbag. Yes. And that's the problem. And I, no, no matter what you do with with your background checks or your due diligence or your fucking whatever you want to call it, you, you can put the gun in the hand of a person that doesn't deserve it. And until we find a way, it's Whether never going to Whether or change. not they've ever been diagnosed. Well, and that's the other thing. So here, 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 I'm going to throw out a scenario for you. Go ahead. Scenario for you, Chris. Yes. I'm a, I'm a Connecticut medical marijuana card holder. Okay. You know what I can't get? What? A gun permit. Because you're, yeah. Because I'm a fucking marijuana permit holder. That's kind of fucked up. That's, that's very fucked up. So never, ever in my life have I heard of somebody getting hot. Yeah. Never in. Ever in my life have I heard of anybody getting so fucking high on drugs, on pot, I'm going to go shoot up a fucking mall. Hold my beer. I mean, Only if you sell it. I Not mean, if you use it. 
But, I've I mean, never come known on. a marijuana user to be violent. I've known marijuana sellers to be violent. But come on. I mean, real, the realism is of, of this topic is why are you discriminating against me as a cardholder that I can't get a fucking gun permit now? Thank you, Governor. And Malari, I can't apply Lamont, for and fuckers. I can't I can't use I can't use marijuana to the benefit that I'm trying to get it for. I suffer from seizures from my brain surgery. And I'm fortunately on a medication that has really bad side effects. The marijuana takes that away. I've been trying to get rid of the, the drug that I'm taking, Keppra, which gives me mood swings, makes me feel agitated and violent and just just weird. And, oh, here comes pot and it makes me feel good and I can sleep at night and my sleep apnea goes away. And, oh, by the way, this goes away. And, oh, by the way, this goes away. You fucking cripple me. You're putting paint me in a fucking corner because I'm on a marijuana card. Fuck you. Thank you. Goodbye. Well, since Eddie's giving us the time cue, we can't get to everybody's question. I would love to hear what you guys have to say next week. But next week, songs we love by artists we hate. And hopefully we'll get a little more interaction from you, the public. Uh, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, wherever you steal your favorite podcast from. We are there. Don't forget to go to LokiAndJabroni.com. Click our affiliate links. Do some shopping. The Monthly Club is still one of my favorites. I love it. Uh, WWE is there. Amazon is there. We have all sorts of great stuff. The uh, the T-shirt store, the 80s T-shirts. If I have to send my daughter one more reminder from that store of T-shirts that I want in my collection, I am not doing my job right. Um, thank you once again to Eddie with the fantastic new board. He should give himself a round of applause right now. Um, seriously, hit the button. Give yourself a round of applause. Yes, yes. Yes, motherfucker, yes. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Thank you to Chris Lynch, who has filled in so wonderfully for the last several weeks. And in just one, two, I think two more episodes, and then Loki is back. And Lynch will be here for that episode. Will be a four-headed monster at that point. Yes, and for that night, four-headed monster. But I'm working on an interview. I will not say the name out loud, but I am working diligently for a I rock and roll Hall of Famer. To be on this show with us by phone. I know a secret. It's Rush! It's not Rush. <laughs> Fuck Rush. Fuck you. That'll be the damn day. I will just, I'll step aside. I'll let Lynch sit in my seat. He, Loki will uh, be, I won't, uh, I can't do it. Fuck Rush. Fuck uh, Eddie Lee. Fuck you. Fuck Alex Lifeson. Neil Pert, I will never say a bad thing about because that is an amazing drummer. The but best drummer in the fucking rock and roll world, baby. Since Eric Carr died. But yes. we'll, we'll go with that. Um, thank you again for watching us. Thank you again for listening to us. If you're on audio only, have some fun. Tell your friends. Uh, the Facebook page is open, LokiJabroni.com. Don't forget to buy t-shirts. CafePress.com forward slash LokiJabroni. <laughs> Patreon. Dot com forward slash Logan Jabroni. Donate to the show. It's how we can get fantastic new fucking soundboards. It's how we can improve ourselves every single week. And before we go, I want to say once again, if you're a fan of the CNJ Speed Review, they'll be on Thursday 
Not Wednesday this week because, of course, the Bruins play tomorrow night, and I am not going to sit down here and talk <laughs> racing with Corey in Valhalla Underground Studios while there's a fucking hockey game going on. It's the finals. I did it during the playoffs. I'm not doing it during the finals. Hockey comes first. Love racing, but hockey comes first. Got to say it. Thank you once again to Chris Lynch. Thank you. Producer Eddie Focus. Uh, lots of gimmicks going around the table, and we will see you next week and unlike when i usually throw it to eddie i'm going to throw it to lynch for the two most famous words in podcast history lynch send them out have a good night well that's four but that's okay